This is the story of the one. As head of maintenance at a concert hall, he knows the show must always go on. That's why he works behind the scenes, ensuring every light is working, the HVAC is humming, and his facility shines. With Granger's supplies and solutions for every challenge he faces, plus 24-7 customer support, his venue never misses a beat. Call quickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done. What's the easiest choice you can make? Window instead of middle seat? Picking a vendor who sends a great gift basket? Outsourcing business tasks you hate? What about selling with Shopify? Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage, Shopify is there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash try. Go to shopify.com slash try now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash try. Hey guys, how's this going? This is Rich from the Over and Back Classic NBA Podcast. Just doing a quick intro here before we get into uh, our fifth anniversary special episode with both Jason and I. Um, I do want to let you know that we have a link in the description if you do want to follow along with the game that we are commentating over. So the game is Warriors-Mavericks 2007, Game 6. That's of the first round series. Uh, the Warriors are... Com- are, are the process and, and will throughout the course of the game uh, complete one of the biggest upsets in NBA history as a number eight seed uh, defeating the 67 win number one seeded Dallas Mavericks. Uh, the reason we chose this game for our fifth anniversary was uh, not, it's not too complicated. Baron Davis Warriors number five. He's obviously a key part uh, of this Warriors team. So we thought that'd be kind of cool. That's a fun game and, and, and a fun era to kind of talk about. So uh, you can, as I said, you can follow through the description in or you follow through the link in the description. You can look for the game to uh, Warriors Mavericks 2007 game six. It's not 100% necessary if you don't want to watch the game in the background, if you're just listening on your podcast app or whatever. I think you'll get enough enjoyment from it. It's not like we're sitting there going, okay, well, Steven Jackson passes. To, we're not like doing play by play. We're just kind of talking over the game and maybe bringing some stuff up about the game. But again, I think you can very easily not watch the game and follow along, but we would definitely recommend for some other little notes and some fun little anecdotes as, as it's going on to watch the um Watch the game as you're kind of listening, but if you can't, we, we totally understand. But uh, yeah, anyway, this is our fifth anniversary special. We'll talk a lot about uh, the history of the podcast, how it first started, some of our favorite episodes, and some other kind of news and notes and, and little nuggets and stuff throughout. So uh, enjoy. And what we're going to do, though, just to kind of give you an idea so you can sync up with us, is the second you hear Jason start talking, hit play on the video. Okay, so fire up YouTube, get through all the ads, do everything you got to do, hit play or hit, hit pause on, you know, zero 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 or whatever at the beginning of the video and the second you hear jason's voice hit play when you hit play there we hit play and then you can follow along again we're not doing like exact play by play here so it's not like you you need to follow it exactly or if you're a second off i think you'll be okay but if you want to make sure you're synced up exactly with us wait for jason's voice hit play and you are ready to go for the over and back fifth anniversary special thank you 
All right, and we are watching the Warriors come through the tunnel in Game 6 of the 2007 Western Conference first round. Um, Warriors trying to become the first team to overcome a, or or rather be the first number 8 seed to uh, beat a number 1 seed in a 7-game series in NBA history. So, fun game to talk about, big historical moment, and uh, some good times. Uh, Some nice Charles Barkley sideswipes, too. I don't know. I don't know the context of this. Maybe we'll find out during this. All right. For some inexplicable reason, this... uh, this file that we're watching that you're all watching with us, presumably you yes, should be because it would be more right. fun if you do that. Uh, sure. Features some of the game break as well. So I don't know why. Usually yeah. they cut like right into the game. This one has the game break in it. So yeah, that's nice. That's good. Yeah. So there's a mugshot of Chuck there, right? Is this from um, what the bar fight? Did that happen in Oakland or did that happen somewhere else? I feel like that happened in Florida. Oh, you're, I think you're right. Yeah. Where, where did when did uh, old Chuck throw somebody through a, <laughs> a window? Yeah. That was like 92-ish or so. Yeah, I, think. I don't no, that think was that's later this. Later in the 90s. Yeah. No, that was that. Uh, he had a DUI, too. I feel like that might have been that, too. <laughs> I don't know why I laughed about that. I shouldn't laugh about that. I don't know that about that. But. I'm sorry. I, I did not actually mean to laugh at that. Uh, right. It was indeed Orange County uh, at Phineas Fuggs, or Phineas Foggs, a bar right. in uh, Church Street Station. So, no, I, I'm guessing he just talked shit about the... Uh, um, about the, the Warriors? Warriors here, yeah, but... Yes, yeah. Well, well, uh, you know, a team like the Warriors cannot win a playoff series. Like <laughs> right, clearly. The, uh, Mavericks, yeah. Look at old AK-47 out here just doing work. Yeah. <laughs> like, right, yeah. These, uh, yeah, the uh, AK-47 Jazz, they were a fun team, too. Kind of get a little bit Horrendous lost. uniforms, yeah. though, but... Uh, yeah, not great. I know they they had worse ones before this, but these were not good either. They they were good to go back to the, uh, the modern look. They for have, sure, so. yeah. Yeah. Look at that. Yes. Well, I'm confident if anybody can get out of this first round, it is indeed Tracy McGrady. <laughs> sure. Yeah, He's well McGrady, known for yeah, rising to the yeah. occasion and yeah. making sure that his team gets out of the first round. So I, I think Absolutely. he'll be fine. I think the Rockets yeah. are going to win this one. So Yeah. Well, I don't know. Don't count on Carlos Boozer, though. He's, <laughs> right. he's going to be big. Yeah. He comes up big in the moments. So it's uh, absolutely for sure. So, yeah. What are so, we doing? What's the, what is this? Why are we watching this? What's we're uh yeah we're celebrating our fifth birthday as a podcast the over and back uh classic nba podcast now five years old officially our first episode was recorded uh or was released rather on august 11th 2014 of the uh nba and aba career of rick barry um richard apparently you listened to it recently i did yeah it's bad (laughs) it's really really bad i mean for us it's good i mean we've i I, I'll, i'll do this usually we we're kind of like self-deprecating. I will give us a little bit of credit. I'm like, I listened to that old episode and I'm like, you know what? Our stuff now is pretty damn good compared to that. I mean, maybe it's all bad. There's the self-deprecating again. But um, right. no, I mean, the content is good. The content is very good. But I believe that's maybe what the second time you and I had ever talked like on air or like talked ever, you, you know, <laughs> like maybe a little bit of like, you know, texting back and forth or chatting or whatever. But I've done the episode of your wrestling podcast before Russell Spective. Uh, we talked. What do we talk? DDP and Randy Savage, right? From a old Spring Stampede '97. Am I, am That's I right? right on that? Yes. Yeah. You're so correct we, about that. Yeah. So we talked then, and then we talked for the Rick Barry episode. So it's like the second time we've ever talked. So it's like right. You can tell there's that weird early podcast thing where I say something, and then you wait like five seconds to make sure I'm done with my sentence, and and then you know I wait for you to like you now where I know I get your cadence, you get my cadence. We don't talk over each other. Like it's that sort of thing that you develop over five years of doing podcasts, but but that's the only problem with the first one is it's like it's kind of slow moving because we're just kind of like, hey, here's my thing. And then you're like, oh, here's my, you know, like it just kind of like we just kind of go, uh, you know, the flow is, is missing a little bit. But yeah, the, the content is still definitely there and you can definitely see that there's something that's going to have legs. So, 
Yeah, for sure. And, and this actually was the it, this was the second over and back we recorded because we recorded the Scotty Pippen episode, which are our second episode first. We recorded like a uh, oh, is that true? A, yeah, it ended up going like three hours, <laughs> and uh, we decided like, hey, maybe that's not a good idea. Oh, to kick so things we, off with a three-hour megasode about uh, right. So um, no tipping, Pippin. Yeah, that'd be right. So we decided to uh, scale that one back and uh, record a new version of it. That was, I mean, it still came in over two hours. So we were not good at being, um, you know, we, we, hour and forty-nine minutes. Excuse me. The uh, the the Rick Berry was an hour and forty-five. The Pippin was an hour and forty-nine. So. Uh, yeah, we um, we weren't good at being brief at that point. We were definitely going long in this. But I, I think at the time, you know, my idea was that we were trying to just be really, really like exhaustive and try to like do all the research at the time. Because at the time, like I didn't feel super comfortable with my grasp on NBA history. Like I was an enthusiast. I was excited about it. I knew some things, but there were right, a lot right, of right. – yeah, part part of what we're trying to do here is like learn things about these players and about these eras, and so like I wanted to kind of like learn everything and try to convey as much as possible. And and I I still have a tendency to do that occasionally, but I've I've gotten a lot better about that over the years and of uh, just highlighting the, the the key stuff or the fun stuff or or what have you. So I I think that's a reason too. Right, and I, and I think if you look at the early episodes too, it's like the episodes are like Rick Barry. You know, Scotty Pippen. It's like one player about their entire life, their entire history, everything right. they've ever done. Like where now I feel like we pare it down a little bit of like, OK, you know what? You know, it rule changes in this period. You know, this, you know, ABA, you know, just like little stuff here and there where we're like, I don't think our topics are as like overarching as they were in those first when we were just like, all right, look, like, let's cover Rick. Bear. Like we didn't I didn't think we thought that we could do like hyper intensive episodes about what, you know, like. Very smaller-ish topics or more kind of focused topics. We kind of felt, I think at that time, like we had to just do a player. You, you know, oh, it's the entire life of, of, of Scottie Pippen. And now I would never think of like, hey, Jason, let's do an entire episode only about the life and career of like one guy. Like now I feel like we, you know, occasionally, like when Manu Ginobili retired, we did a little bit about his greatest games and achievements. But like you're saying, we decided it was like, all right, Scottie Pippen, let's talk about from the minute he was born until every minute that he played in the NBA. Let's talk about it exhaustively as much as possible. Where now I don't feel like we we feel that same you know obligation or, or, or whatever you want to say, whatever the correct word is to necessarily feel like we have to be that like intense and in depth into one player or one particular topic. Yeah, no, that absolutely true. And, and I think that um, it, I think part of that is like now I feel like I'm more comfortable in my knowledge where I can pick and choose like the most important thing where at the time like I didn't know like I, I knew, you know, some things about Rick Barry, but it, I didn't know enough. I feel like to, like focus on like one interesting thing or one important thing. It was more to kind of get a general uh, history uh, of that. But yeah, I, I definitely think we. Um, and even when we talk about big things now, now we break it down to series. Now we, you know, we take it into smaller size chunks so that we're not trying to, you know, get so much in, in, um, you know, about one topic. Mm-hmm, absolutely. And, and, and the, honestly, the podcast world too, in, in the last five years has definitely changed where I feel like it's a little bit more, if we released, you know, if we just started up today, I think I'd feel a little bit more comfortable about doing like kind of the weird topics that we do. But in those days, I, I mean, it's still like five years. Is, it, it might not seem like a long time. It, it definitely, to me, kind of feels a little bit long, not because I don't enjoy this podcast, because I'm looking at uh, at things that happened five years ago for the purposes of this, this show as we, we're going to talk about as we go on. But uh, it, it is a long time ago. I mean, it is very far long ago. And like podcasts, really, if you look at like the kind of the difference of, of how they've sort of been developed and, and how much people are used to listening to podcasts and stuff, it, it is night and day from today to where it was even five years ago, which, you know, geez, is, it, again, doesn't feel like it's long, but, but is, you know, an entire 
uh, just so long in in, in, posca- in in podcast years. Yeah, absolutely for sure. Uh, yeah, yeah. So you talking about uh, August 11, twenty fourteen? What was uh, going on during that time? Yeah, well, so first off, uh, the most popular song five years ago, "Happy" by Pharrell. Do you remember when you couldn't escape "Happy" for an entire summer? So. <laughs> I do. Yes. Uh, that was going on. Movies out at the time, the very first Guardians of the Galaxy. So the very first Guardians of the Galaxy they've had, I believe, 27 uh, more since then. So Something like uh, that, yeah. good for them. The uh, very failed, very <laughs> unsuccessful Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles uh, like live action reboot, which I did not watch. So I can't. Uh, no. I can't. <laughs> Look at Hold on a minute. Just want to jump into this game. Look at that dapper yeah. man on the left there. Old Steve Kerr, man. Steve he, Kerr. Uh, yeah. What does he know about the Warriors? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> look how young he looks. <laughs> he does look young. Even Marv looks young here. You know. Yeah, they really do, man. Yeah. Five, this, guy, yeah. this this isn't five years ago, we should say. This is 2007, right. obviously. But, uh, 12 years, yeah. They've, right. they've certainly aged tremendously in that time. So, yeah. uh, well, that coaching and that health stuff with Steve Kerr, that's going to age a guy. You know, he's still a good-looking guy, but he's oh, for sure. Uh, yeah. Yeah, that, that that that's a rough life. Yeah, when, back when you can eat and have normal hours, and your back isn't like in crippling pain every day. Yeah, you can, you can right. do pretty well. So. Yeah, that's good. Um, and then the Expendables three uh, was out this week as well uh, at this time, and I did want to mention that the uh, Team USA was on their way to winning the FIBA World Cup. So uh, okay, uh, we're going through that right now. We're the FIBA World Cup and 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 Team USA. Uh, the team <laughs> that year, I think the talent's a little bit better. Here's the roster that you have. You have Steph Curry. Clay Thompson, uh, two pretty good players. At that time, though, not really like, you know, 2011, not really necessarily like kind of your, your, your world beaters. Uh, Derek yeah. Rose, you know, fresh off, you know, an MVP season. Uh, Kenneth Fareed, uh, back when Kenneth Fareed was a thing and still very good. Uh, Rudy Gay, back when Rudy Gay was still a thing and, and all not all that good, but he still thought he was pretty good. Uh, DeMar DeRozan, when, again, <laughs> he wasn't a thing and he's not much of a thing that much anymore. Uh, Kyrie Irving, Mason Plumley. The old playing in the Mason Christian Leitner role. Mason, <laughs> the the yeah. man, we need a white guy. All right, Mason, yeah. come on. <laughs> like, sure, we gotta make it at least somewhat white in here. So hey, Mason, come on on board, man. Yeah. Uh, Demarcus Cousins, James Harden, Anthony Davis, and Andre Drummond. So initially, when I looked at that roster, and, and even when I introduced this, yeah. I was like, wow, that talent roster is amazing. But you know, in 2011 years, yeah. I don't know, is that really so, like? So that used to be 2014, not not 2011, because of the the, the five years ago. So yeah. Oh, that's that. right. What am I talking about? Yes. Yeah. <laughs> that's right. Derrick <laughs> Rose not off long. of his MVP season. Forget all I just no. said. That's actually yeah. a pretty good team in 2014. Never mind. Yeah. <laughs> Stephen Clay, very good. Yeah. So uh, Dallas just hit a three pointer. So obviously they're gonna they're gonna win this game. We've, we've just got our tip off here um, during the game. Oh, Baron Davis with the turnover. Yeah, they're done. The Warriors are done. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, not gonna happen. <laughs> yeah. It's. Yeah. Well, uh, leading it this leading into this game, Dallas had actually won Game Five in Dallas. Um, so I we weren't quite at the point where, you know, it was inevitable. Obviously, the um, the Mavericks were in trouble here, being down, uh, you know, being down three um, two, you know, in a, in a position, you know, in Oracle where they had lost their last five straight games against a team that really had had their number, you know, in the last couple seasons. Uh, you know, their former coach and Don Nelson, um, and there we go, Stephen Jackson, Uh-oh. I believe, with a uh, no, Jason Richardson, Richardson, excuse Rich, me, yeah, yeah, Jay Rich, yeah, yes. Yeah, I guess for uh, for people who have not, um, who you know don't really know the particulars here because it was twelve years ago. We have some people who probably were not watching basketball then um, during this time. Uh, the uh, we believe Warriors, the uh, key players there are, um, of course, Baron Davis, uh, probably the uh, their their top player. They had a lot of really good players on here: uh, Stephen Jackson, uh, Jason Richardson, uh, Al Harrington. Their big man, uh, Andres Biedrins, and uh, Monte Ellis, who was their uh, th- their young f- future star there. 
And they had like, you know, all those guys with the exception of Beatrons were averaging uh, 16 or more uh, points per game, Baron averaging 20 per game. Um, just a lot of guys who, uh, you know, could, uh, were really athletic, were fast, could uh, shoot the ball, were fairly young, all were 28 or younger, and Ellis and Beatrons were 20 and 21. So a lot of, uh, a lot of really just like huge mix of talent here. And then they had like a really big trade, like to shake up things in the middle of the season. They had lost, um, Troy Murphy and, uh, Mike Dunleavy and gotten, uh, Harrington and, um, and Stephen Jackson, that was actually an eight-player trade overall, and that really shook the team up and really they they uh, really gelled toward the end of that season. To you know, even though they were forty-two and forty at the time, they had really played well that last like quarter of the season or so. Yeah, they did. They seemed to kind of find their stride in the last like you know even the last month and the last few weeks. I mean, they were almost unbeatable the last few weeks uh, going into this series. And and like you said, you mentioned the Don Nelson factor is huge. You know, the ex coach of the, the Mavericks, the guy who kind of knows all these players. A lot of these guys were obviously still there uh, when Don Nelson's there. It's not like we're talking about 10 years ago, former coach. Like this is very recently uh, that Don Nelson was there. So he kind of knows a little bit of the tendencies uh, earlier in the series. There was some, some interesting ways of kind of guarding Dirk that were unorthodox, but at the time seemed to really work. And, and, and Dirk really struggled uh, the first few weeks or the first few games of the series, I should say. And this is his MVP year as well. This was like the culmination of a lot of things for the Mavericks at this time, too, because, you know, we talk about this Warriors team. We talk about how deep they are and all that sort of stuff. But th- there's a reason we're watching this game. And there's a reason this upset is as big of a deal as it was. I mean, this Mavericks team won 67 games. I mean, they, they had went to the finals the prior year. They, of course, had lost to Dwayne Wade uh, in the finals, came back next year, reloaded, recharged, ready to go, won 67 games in the regular season, man. Dirk, like, runs away with the MVP, like, the clear MVP. We hadn't known that at that time yet, I don't think, because I think they the voting, you know, they release it later in the in the playoffs, which, unfortunately, is pretty sad, given how, you know, this this all went down or whatever. But, I mean, this is a juggernaut. This is the this is kind of the culmination of everything that the Mavericks have been building over these 2000s. This is Dirk's year where he finally ascends to the MVP role. They're one of the best regular season teams of all time after having a lot of very good years. I mean, everything was there and everything was ready for this Mavericks to, to, to go on a run and, and and get back to the finals and maybe win that title finally. And then poof, <laughs> like, you know, Kalina Azabuke is like the reason why uh, they don't go on there. But I mean, that it, it's it's incredible. I mean, it is an, it's, it's an awesome series. And um, yeah, there's just so much going in there and so many fun players on both teams. Kevin Willis is on the Dallas Mavericks at this point, too, which is unbelievable. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Right. This is he doesn't, he doesn't <laughs> he's not going to play, play because he's 40, he's 77 years old. So, right. But yeah, this is his last uh, game in, in a uh, uniform uh, in his professional career. So the uh, I, I believe, well, yeah, one of the oldest players of all time, one of the players who's played the most seasoned in basketball history, although that record, I believe, will be broken by Vince Carter, assuming he plays uh, at all um, next season. And um uh, yeah, I, that'll um, obviously, you know, a uh, it was it, he had taken a year off. So it was sort of odd for him to kind of get picked up at the toward the end of the year. And he didn't even play in these playoffs. But, yes, it is uh, funny to see uh, him on the bench there. Yeah. So I'm looking at uh, who who played in the first game of Kevin Willis's career. And uh, this is some oh. names here. So uh, you, you got it. So it's okay. Atlanta Hawks versus the New Jersey Nets. Uh, in 1984. Okay. So on the Hawks, you have Eddie Johnson, Tree Rollins, right. Dominique Wilkins, yep. Doc Rivers, and Sly Williams. Okay. And then you have on the New, New Jersey Nets, Buck Williams, Michael Ray Richardson, Otis Birdsong, Mike O'Crean, and Daryl Dawkins. So you can yeah. trace an exact line from Daryl Dawkins to like the Saga Jop or whatever. You know yeah. what I mean? Like, it's right. like what? Right. Yes, <laughs> like it's insane. That is the line that I would trace as well. <laughs> exactly, that's the, right. that's the one that would make sense. Obviously, yes, 
yeah, you look at the roster of this Mavericks team, um, and and uh, you yeah, obviously we should go through them as well. I mean, Dirk obviously being the key player for them, um, but they had Jason Terry, um, you know, uh, Josh Howard, who had come along was you know a a young player who was kind of seen as a future star at the time. Mm-hmm. Uh, did, didn't kind of work out with with him with kind of injuries and stuff, but um, you know, he was extraordinarily. Uh, he was good that season, only 26. Um, Devin Harris, you know, was a young guard they drafted who was really good. Um, and then Eric Dampier and Jerry Stackhouse kind of being their other um, key guys. Um, but, yeah, it, they're not a team that you would have expected to win 67 games. And, and their uh, their point differential is more of like a 61-win team, mm-hmm. which is, you know, um, one kind of sign that they were not maybe not quite as good as they uh, had seemed. And one wacky thing about – them is they lost their first four games of the season so they finished 67 and 11 after losing <laughs> right. after That's starting insane. 0 and 4 nuts yeah, yeah. <laughs> Which is which is pretty crazy. I that's you know um, I, I think pretty unprecedented. I, I know the um, the Suns who I think were the number two sixty one game um, they won sixty one games that year. They started off like 0 and three. Like both teams had a weirdly weird starts and then. Um, and, and then yeah, it kind of took off from there. But yeah, the the, the Mavericks had, I mean, they had a twelve game winning streak. They had a, later had a thirteen game winning streak. They had a and a seventeen game winning streak and a nine game winning streak. Yeah, I, they fact, just it's nuts. I'm looking at the, I'm looking at their results right now. It's insane. Right. They lost like twice in two months at one point. Right. I mean, they basically you know, and they had um, like five of their losses came in their last. Um, like like eleven games, so I mean they had they had just this incredible stretch between you know game four between game five and game seventy two where they lost. Uh, I'm looking here. I think they lost um, two, four, five, like seven games yeah. during that time. Yeah, <laughs> say, yeah. I'm looking at I'm looking at so these these results are pretty interesting. So on December 11th they lose to Utah uh, to to fall to fourteen and seventeen. The next right. loss comes <laughs> January seventh. At that point, now they are twenty-seven and eight. Their next loss right. comes <laughs> January twenty-fifth. They're thirty-five and nine, and then their next loss comes March twelfth. They're fifty-two and ten. <laughs> like what? Right. It's insane. Yeah, fifty-two. And 10. Yeah, they, even better than that. Uh, the the Blazers team that you know gets uh, talked about. Uh, you know the seventy-eight Blazers team. So, um, yeah, it, you know that obviously. Uh, a, a really hot team, but yeah, again, not a roster that you would uh, like, honestly looking at, um, not that the Warriors were, you know, going to be like a 60 win team, but you look at the Warriors uh, versus the, um, the Mavs at this point, like on paper, I would think of the, um, of the Warriors being the better team. Oh, for sure. Yeah. Cause like you're saying, I think yeah. one of the issues too, that I think that, that, that is, and you brought him up earlier is, is Josh Howard kind of, this was his year like for whatever reason he was just great this year he was like really really good and I think that sort of over maybe over inflates or overemphasizes how good they were because yeah like if, if you're not accounting for him as he makes a three thank you Josh for the perfect timing there nice. is like I think he's one that like because you look at his name and, and I'm always do this too and I, I followed the Mavericks a lot during this period I, they're they're kind of my second NBA team and I lived and died by this series as well but uh he's a guy that I look at and I'm just like ah yeah Josh Howard whatever but like this year he was really good I mean almost 20 points per game like the, the definitely the number two guy on this team which is hard to believe because you would almost never get to that high ever that high ever again and like Jason Terry, who was very, very good, but not necessarily like, again, not like a guy that you would assume would be the third best player on a team that's like your definite championship favorites. 
And that's what they were. I mean, at a certain point, like you got to say, these Jesus guys won 67 games in the regular season. Like they have to be, you know, they just went to the finals the year prior. Like they have to be considered favorites. But yeah, you're right. The, 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 the depth isn't there. I mean, you're, you know, your second guy off the bench is like Devin George. <laughs> you know, it's just kind of like, oh, all right. Greg Buckner. Yeah. Like, I, I don't know. It doesn't, it is yeah. not a roster that, that, that kind of blows you away. And, and even Dirk's numbers, as great as they are, don't really, I mean, they're not like super eye popping. I feel like he had better numbers. Uh, other parts in the, in the year as well, but this is a year where they, and this is a big reason why Don Nelson was was kind of sent away. Is like you look at the the Warriors in this year, and their, their pace is number one in the league. The Mavericks, their pace falls all the way down to like tw- uh, what is it, twenty eighth in the league. So this is a year where Avery Johnson kind of slowed things down, a little bit more emphasis on defense. They're fifth in the league in defensive rating. They're second in offensive rating. So it was kind of a more methodical team than they had been prior years. So maybe the numbers don't jump off the board, but. Um, I'm still with you though. It's 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 fascinating that this team was as good as they were when they don't look like they have the talent there. Yeah, no, it, it's it is pretty crazy, and I I do think that um, yeah, I, 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 it was certainly a surprise at the time. But given that it looked like Dallas might not be quite as good as they were, and given that Golden State had played really well, again, that last like month of the season or so, they'd really gelled after that trade. Or it, it took a while. They didn't trade, they didn't gel immediately after the trade, but like, again, about a month or so, um, you know, before the season ended, they gelled. And Baron Davis's hamstring injuries oh, going no. back into the uh, locker room. Yeah. Not ideal, obviously. Um, I so think we got we got Monte though. So Monte's yeah, one, in. So yeah, right, right. Oh, sorry, not to, not to interrupt as I talk about how we don't interrupt each other anymore. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> what I think another thing too that 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 makes this Warriors roster pop a little bit more is that a lot of these guys either got better after this year or stayed good years later or like because again like Monte Ellis we just saw him come out there and we know who Monte Ellis, but at this time he's like you know just a, a bench guy you saw him he looked like he was 15 years old here uh Steven Jackson's a guy who I think had some ups and downs but I think really kind of found himself then in the NBA a few more years after this Matt Barnes is a guy who at this time a little unheralded but then would start to kind of after the series, gain a little bit more reputation, be known well more, you know, a little bit more along the league. Jason Richardson, this is probably his highest high. Baron Davis, you could probably argue, too, this might be as high as he goes. But, yeah, there, there's just a bunch of guys on the team that I think did have better years or better careers after this series. So I think maybe in, in that sense, too, it makes them look a little bit deeper because you're like, oh, yeah, Michael Petrus, he was pretty good. He was a big part of, like, you know, some other teams or whatnot, whereas right, maybe yeah. at this time you're just like, all right, Michael Petrus. Like, in 2007, I think you were just like, Monta Ellis, Michael Petrus, who are these guys? You know, so I think that definitely helps a little bit, too. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, and they – um yeah, I mean, and obviously, I mean, I think that part of the reason the Warriors are – this team is so beloved in particular um, is – they just had like really interesting personalities, like a mix of like really tough guys and really fun guys and guys who were kind of jerks, but are, were really enjoyable to watch play. Um, so I think they just kind of had that like down and dirty mentality, but they also, they, they were down and dirty team in terms of their attitude, but were also just like a flashy terms in terms of their style of play. And that's a fun mix for a lot for of sure. people. Yeah. Oh, definitely. And they were underdogs, obviously. Yeah. yeah. And it's like, I mean, again, that's what I was going to bring up is like, I, I know it, in 2019, it is unbelievable to think of the Warriors as these like plucky underdogs, but this is their first playoff appearance since 1994. <laughs> like there have been some lean years there in Golden State. Yeah. Uh, so, I mean, that again, that's at, at that time, that was the second longest streak in history. Uh, thankfully, though, there's some other really enough teams that uh, in this time have have, have made uh, uh, longer streaks here. So the Clippers are the all-timer uh, from going from 77 to 1991 uh, without a playoff burst. So they're 15 years, so they're pretty close. 
That's the Warriors here. Uh, Timberwolves, 05 to 2017, which they, of course, broke uh, a few years ago. And then the Sacramento Kings, who just broke it last year, uh, 07 uh, to 2019. Uh, uh, oh, no, sorry, sorry. They're still, that's yeah, still active. Still so. active, correction. Still active. Yeah. I, I think, uh, fingers crossed, I don't know. <laughs> it might happen, but I, I, West could be tough. The West I, is, you know. is tricky, but yeah. Uh, yeah. So you have the Kings still still there yeah. uh, vying for it. But yeah, at this point, like the Warriors are this like inept franchise that can't do anything right ever. And it's it's... It's hard to believe that was at one point a, a thing. Yeah. So is is Baron Davis, is he more a warrior or is he more a hornet to you? Oh, wow. I ooh. I want to say he's more of a hornet because that's kind of how I grew up knowing Baron. Yeah. Oh, Both man, that's his- tough, though. But he's so much more. He's so much more prominent as a warrior, you know, but. The problem is the Hornets need somebody, <laughs> somebody give them Baron because like the Warriors are good now. They got enough people now. They've they've got a history. They got people. They don't need Baron. Uh, Baron probably needs them more than they need them. But uh, he needs they need him. But uh, oh man, I, I'm gonna say Hornet, but I don't don't feel comfortable with it. Yeah, I can be I, con- people- I can be convinced. I can be convinced. Warriors. Yeah, I think people think of him as a Warrior more than a Hornet. So he played 227 games as a Warrior. Um, okay, so he played, so, so he played 246 as a Charlotte Hornet and then 135 as a New Orleans Hornet, which would now be considered a Pelican. That's not confusing at all. Um, (laughs) Pelican's legend, Baron Davis, who could forget? Right, right, who could forget? (laughs) And then he had, uh, and 183 as a Clipper. So really three franchises there. And he he has, we're not counting the Clippers. (laughs) Executive decision, Baron is not a Clipper. Is that okay? Fair enough. He's 15 as a, as, as a Cav. I know the Cavs fans uh, loved him and, and also loved getting a Kyrie uh, a pick uh, for him in that trade. So, <laughs> right. And then 29 games as a Knicks to close out his career. So, yeah, yeah, Barron's, uh, Barron was super fun. And, um, yeah, he was sort of yeah, – he, he came to the Warriors in the middle of the 05 season. So he'd been there a couple years already. And this was um, – actually, he wasn't totally healthy this year, but then he would have a really awesome 08 season. Um after he play all 82 games and would probably have the best season of his career. And then with the Clippers, he was still okay, but definitely, um, definitely fell off a little bit after that. And, and, you know, playing for Donald Sterling, who can kind of play him. Um, you know, <laughs> right. I would have not played either. Well, either. No, I would have gotten would, as much money as humanly possible from Donald Sterling and then said, screw you. I'm gonna, yeah. I'm going to play like crap. Bye. <laughs> well, well, if you're, if you're heckling me during the game, which Donald Sterling did, that would, <laughs> right. uh, you know, yeah, I'd be negative. Uh, God, this Warriors team uh, rocks, Barnes man! There. Did you see that play? Yeah. How great was that? <laughs> like Matt that was Barnes good. just cutting down the middle, little shovel yeah. pass by Montellus, dunks it right over yeah. the faces. I love it. Uh, fun fact: that is the only time in his career that Montellus has passed. So. <laughs> <Right>? <laughs> he was he was yeah. young. He was young. This is yeah. before Monta, yeah. you know, realized yeah. the, the the buckets and <laughs> right. Uh, I could be there. Yeah. So um. So so this 07 um here hot take for you. Uh, Oh, go, go ahead. Baron as a Nick. <laughs> I'm just joking. <laughs> Baron Nick, hey. Baron as a Cleveland Cavalier. <laughs> yeah. Hey, yeah, the Cavs love him, you know. Um, I'm sorry. No, I, I – that's okay. No, I um, – so this this Mavs team, I believe three players that were later on the 2011 championship team because we have um, – we've got Dirk, we've got Jason Terry, and then the uh, – do you know who the third uh, is? I unfortunately – do he and, and he, he does not play in this game. Yeah, right. So, well, actually, is it the guy you think you're thinking of, or are you talking about I, Eric Dampier? Because he was gone. Dam- 
No, I'm not talking about okay, Eric Dampier. So you're I'm not talk- talking about Eric yeah. Dampier. Okay. No. Ooh, let me get it. Let me get he's, it. Oh, uh, JJ. JJ Bray is on the team this year, isn't he? Yeah. Yeah, he is. He, is. he doesn't do I don't I, think he does much. I, is even, no. He doesn't play in the series, does he? Uh, he does not play in this game. I'm not sure if he plays in the series. Um, I don't believe he... No, I, I think he does play in the playoffs because he plays two games in the playoffs. Okay. So, um, yeah, the Dampier thing is my favorite fun fact is because, like, they bring him in as, like, this big, big man. Like, he's going to, you know, change the attitude. And he really does. I mean, like, he plays a huge role in that team, like, getting as good as they got. And then yeah, the second yeah. he go, he goes to Miami to ring chase, and then the Dallas Mavericks beat him in the finals. I love those. Right. We're just like, oh, man, come on. <laughs> I hope they gave him a ring anyway. They should, actually, they shouldn't have, but. Probably not. But, um, but yes, yeah, he was a good, like, defensive player. Like, he was solid big man. He was kind of lampooned for that contract, but, you know, ended up contributing pretty well mm-hmm. there. So I'm just making sure I'm not overlooking anybody on the uh, – I don't think you are. Maybe uh, – No. No, because the 2011 team is Nowitzki, uh, Jason Kidd, Terry, Karam Butler, Sean Marion, Tyson Chandler, Berea, Stojakovic, uh, Brennan Haywood, um, Roddy Bobois, Sasha Pavlovich, who could forget him? <laughs> I don't know if he he was on there during the season. I'm not yeah, sure I don't know. I don't know if he was there, there the, at, at, yeah. the whole time. But um, Deshaun Stevenson, Corey Brewer, Brian Cardinal, Ian Mahini, uh, Dominique Jones, Alex Zajinka, and Steve Novak. There you go. Yeah. No DJ Mabinga. Yeah. DJ Mabinga, unfortunately, no. not there for the, no. the long haul. Not there, unfortunately. Did yes. we just get a buzzer so. beater? Oh, come on! <laughs> it's not <really> <laughs> No, it was a fun one. I liked it. No, I'm always, I'm count. always in good. favor. Yeah. Always in favor of, of chucking it for a. You yeah. never know. I mean, this is pre. Yeah. This is pre replay. Like they might call it. You know, like they might. Just... That, yeah, it's true. That's, that's a good point. Yeah, <laughs> got to shoot your shots. Back in the good happens. old days. Yeah. Hey, might as well. Oh, what well. do you mean the good old days? You don't like it when a bunch of flabby referees stand around a monitor for twenty minutes? Come on. <laughs> I yes, I am a little old with Steve Javi as a, with a picture in picture talking about. Yeah, I, I don't think they're going to call it this, and then they call it the opposite. Of what he says, anyways. So. Yeah, that was good. Yes. Oh, yes. lovely Oakland. <laughs> there we go. It is. Yes, it is. It is There's lovely. a yeah. shipping depot and a office yeah. building. <laughs> yeah. So, picturesque, picturesque <laughs> Oakland. Yes. So Oakland's. Not, I've been to Oakland. It's not that bad. I mean, compared yeah. to where I live, it's. I'd still take Oakland over <laughs> Chicago, yeah. but any day. But. No, right. But certainly would pick yeah. San Francisco over both. But uh, as the Warriors did, so it's prettier. Yeah, you know whether it's better is a different question that it should involve people who know more better than I do. For yes. Sure. So, um, yes. So, so rich. Why did we decide to do an NBA history podcast? Oh man, I do not know. <laughs> Why did I do this? No, uh, no, I remember. Yeah, so so initially, like I said, we we first crossed pads in the wrestling podcast world, where you were doing a show called right. Wrestlespective. Uh, I was doing Voices of Wrestling, and still do uh, to this day. And you know, I, I'd been a longtime listener of Wrestlespective, and uh, I remember just kind of crossing paths with you in, in in some ways, and you invited me on to. Uh, Russell Spective, and I don't know if it was through that conversation that we were talking, or if it's just like you noticed me talking about basketball on Twitter. I don't exactly remember what the like. There had to been a moment where you're like, "Ah, you know, let's do this." Like, because I think it was, I think it was you that that sort of proposed the idea. Am I correct? Or, 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 or I, I don't exactly remember where where that came. I remember where we crossed paths, but I don't remember how the idea of doing an NBA history podcast came about. Yeah, I I think we would act, we were actually talking about it for like for a while before we ended up doing it. Like I just kind of threw out the idea, like maybe 
six months or, or a year before we even ended up doing it. Like it was like something like I might like to do. Like I, I think I just might have like randomly tweeted about like, Hey, it might be fun to do an NBA history podcast. And you might've like, um, you know, DM me or something about like, Oh, that'd be cool. Or that kind of thing. Um, so I slid and then, into the DMS. Nice. Yeah. Yeah, I I know we both it it, might have just been more like, oh, I'm a big NBA fan, you know, it'd be fun to talk about that kind of stuff. You know, maybe not even necessarily before I mentioned like, hey, I want to do the podcast. But I remember I I know we'd had some conversations about it because I, um, you know, there was we were part of the podium game, the uh, one of the uh, HP websites. Um, that was launched, uh, that was basically a website for podcasts and they were looking for people to do one. And I knew that you had some connections with, you know, Ian Levy mm-hmm. and, uh, you had written for Hickory high and stuff. And I knew who was going to be a part of it. And I didn't really know anybody, you know, I didn't know Ian or any of those guys. So I, I, I was like, you know, Rich would be great. To, I, I knew you were, you were a great podcaster. I knew, you know, you had experience doing it. I knew you were enthusiastic about it. So, I kind of eventually was like, hey, I remember this thing we kind of randomly talked about. Let's go, you know, maybe we should try to do it and see if we can be part of this um, thing. And we we pitched it and we we got into it and it, it just kind of grew from there. Yeah. So I, I forget about that connection, too, because, yeah. So so Ian, who obviously is, is our overlord at the uh, the step back there, I was on uh, I was doing stuff for Hickory High, his website at the time. I was doing writing and also I had done a podcast called the uh, Bulls versus Blazers uh, podcast with my buddy Sean, and, and and we had a lot of fun with that. It was really cool. It was like kind of my first venture into you know non wrestling podcasts and just doing straight NBA podcasts, and it was fun for a little while. But I ended up getting kind of busy and ended up just kind of having an issue kind of keeping up with with the daily rigors of of, of doing a, a current day you know basketball podcast because yeah, I'm a busy man. Like it, it's you know I try to watch as much NBA as I can. I try to watch as much basketball as I can. But it became an issue where I was like, oh dude, like I don't know if I can watch enough games to really talk like intelligently enough about everything that's going on in like the modern day NBA. And then I think when you proposed that idea, I was like, well, that's perfect because like, you know, a lot of this night changing, like the stuff in the history is, is the history. And I'm much, you know, it's a lot easier to read and kind of do studies and do all that sort of stuff and go back and do deep dives and do stats. And I like, you know, check around basketball reference and do all that sort of stuff more so than like sit down and watch, you know, games every single night and, and, and follow every single game story and, you know, watch every highlight and do all that sort of stuff. It was a lot easier to say, Hey, yeah, like we can focus on one topic and I don't have to watch all of the NBA. So I think that was like, I'd kind of gotten burnt out on doing, you know, a basketball podcast, but then I realized, you know, no, I can, I can do that sort of basketball podcast because that's gonna be a lot different and it's not going to be as, as kind of intensive as trying to, you know, follow and, and watch every single thing that's going on. Yeah. And as I mentioned, you know, I just NBA history was something that I wanted to know more about. You know, I, I had re- read some books. Um, yeah. By then, the the Bill Simmons book was out. I'd read that and I'd read other. I, I think I'd read Breaks of the Game already. And but I it was just something like I wanted to explore it. And I figured, OK, well, the, the podcast is a good um, avenue to explore it and to just kind of have a reason to read these books and do these projects and mm-hmm. to get some, you know, uh, get some you know, get people to talk about on Twitter and get people to, you know, um, you know, be part of a community that's talking about it. Th- th- those things were, you know, if you, you, I feel like you, you are able to do that better if you're researching and you're putting something out there people that can respond to. So, right, right. Not for sure. I'm trying, I'm trying to, so I, our, we have a Twitter direct message chat between us. I'm looking at it back in the day, but it doesn't look like that was sort of the, the jump off points. So there had to be another, I'm trying to find the exact like first email or first tweets that uh that did it so i will, I will keep trying to find that it might be on a per- okay. it might be on a personal profile i don't know i'm gonna try to uh try to find it i like to see what uh okay what our yeah, initial that, conversation was like <laughs> that, that that would be interesting to uh to uncover yeah so steven jackson um just uh 
just was injured, but looks like he's going to be okay. And uh, play has resumed. The score is tied 29-29 for those following long. We've not really um, talked a whole lot about what's going on in the game. But, you know, these are just fun for free-form conversation. Um, you don't need us to provide play-by-play. You got Steve Kerr and uh, Marv, uh, you know, and uh, Marv Albert to do that. So I almost said Marv Levy for some reason. I don't <laughs> I know why. I, was yeah, I like it. <laughs> <laughs> Former um, <laughs> Buffalo Bills head coach Marv Levy. Here. Right. Yes. That'd be sweet. That'd be cool. If he was right. Doing. Yeah. I'm sure he was good. Yeah. Jared Scott three. Oh, that one missed. So uh, guys are following all over the court. So, um, so let's take a couple of questions here, uh, from, uh, from Ryan Dempsey. Oh, one, uh, one of our great uh, fans who likes to, uh, follow the show. Where do you guys rank this Warriors team in franchise history? I found them fun to watch in the playoffs and this series helped get me into basketball. Well, you know, for me, I mean, this was, they basically had two bright spots between like 76 and 2014. We'll say 2013 or say the first, you know, time that the um, Steph led team actually, you know, made the playoffs and did anything in the playoffs. Uh, it was pretty much this. And it was pretty much the, I think it was the 90 or 91 season where the, uh, they upset the, um, the Spurs in the playoffs with the run TMC team. Mm-hmm. So, um, so, you know, in that sense, I mean, I think they're, they're certainly, you know, really, you know, they're, they're, they're beloved. I know by Warriors fans, I feel like some Warriors fans love this team even more than the, than the current, you know, the, the, the Curry team in some ways, I, I think just because they, it, you know, they had an attitude that was just, you know, um, just different at the time and really stood out. And it's really, you know, w- was fun to watch it. And probably they would have gotten a little bit, tiresome if they had stuck around for too long but the team you know they'd they'd won really the next year they were actually really good they won like 48 49 games but missed the playoffs because they were just in a tough conference and then i then davis left and they pretty much broke apart you know uh, a year or two after that so um we're kind of the same old warriors so i you know they didn't wear their welcome i guess in a sense which you know is good for like remembering them bad for you know the warriors maintaining a competitive team but again you know things worked out pretty well uh you know a couple years later absolutely and i think that is an important point that you bring up there that that the reason why i think this team is 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 so in warriors history they've had better teams obviously they've won you know as like any of the any of the most recent teams are are you know better and, and have more, you know, history to them and they've won NBA finals. And then obviously you got to go back, you know, to the seventies and there's, you know, title teams there and there's title teams in the late, you know, fifties, if you want to go Philadelphia Warriors or whatnot. But what makes this one so special and why I think, like you said, they're so, they're so well received and they're so like historic in that team is because like it, it did, like it broke up the, 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 just the awfulness that was the Warriors of the, 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 you know, the late nineties and the early two thousands. I mean, it was horrendous. Like we said, 1994 was their last playoff berth with Don Nelson as coach. Like, but Don Nelson had lived like 15 lives at that point in between those. And, and the Warriors have been through so many ups and downs and, and so many issues. So this team kind of comes out of nowhere, just absolutely like without any real notice that this team is going to come and, and, and be as good as they were. And they come out and, and not only do they, you know, make the playoffs and they have a fun team, but then they make like, you know, they, they get the biggest upset in NBA history. <laughs> really? Honestly, if we're putting it down, like I would really put this one up up against almost any upset in NBA history. And that just, yeah, it just magnifies exactly how fun and how important that team was. And then, yeah, like you said, they didn't, it was just gone. Like in that poof, the next year, they're really good, but they don't make the playoffs, then they're gone. And then it's all done and it's all over. Whereas like now, again, if the Warriors had won their one NBA final and then it all fell apart after that, that might be the team that people go, oh my God, that team, you know, but, but now they've kind of hung around a little bit. It's hard to identify like 
one Warriors team. Like, which which of these last six years Warriors teams is your favorite? It's like, I don't know. Right. <laughs> you know, like, I guess, you know, I like the 73-win team a lot because that was kind of fun, but then they didn't even win the finals, and, and at least that had fun one. I guess the first title team was pretty cool, but, like, it ends up where you just kind of lump it into an era. You, you know, like, I don't know that right. if you asked a Warriors fan, hey, what's your favorite Warriors team? They're going to be like, oh, it's definitely the 2018 Warriors. Like, I don't know. Like, would they? I, I, don't, I don't think they would, whereas this team, you could just so vividly pick a year and say, oh, that team. You know, that team really stuck out to me because it was just so unique and so different. But, uh, yeah, it's definitely up there for me in, in, in terms of your Warriors franchise history, as well as like that one of the early 90s ones. I think, like you said, the uh, 91 team uh, that made it to the semis that beat the Spurs, that one is probably my favorite because it's, 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 again, like the, the style of play that they're playing is just totally different than, you know, anything really that had been going on uh, at that time yeah. as well. So that, that's, it's always right. fun to watch the stylistically, the Warriors are always kind of adapting and changing the NBA in a lot of ways. And, it didn't stick every single time, but, you know, now it has. But, you know, in these other times, they had fun styles right. that didn't necessarily, you know, carry over. Yeah, and I think this team was important in that style shift in the NBA in the late 2000s that carried over into the modern Warriors, along with the, with the, uh, the Suns, obviously. But I think, you know, the, the, the difference between that team and this team is this team, you know, was mostly without traditional big men. I mean, obviously, Beedrins was... Um, was there, but they I mean they were these were guys who were all you know most of them were like in the you know six seven to six nine six ten range and were just guys that kind of like flew around the court and were really athletic and um but were also like they they were you know um they were bruisers I mean they were tough guys too they were big guys they were you know um guys who were hard to just you know run over defensively I mean they weren't all like outstanding defensive players but you know someone like Steven Jackson could stand up and be tough and make it hard on Dirk Nowitzki despite the you know the height advantage because he was sturdy you know he was a guy who you know and they were you know um I, I wouldn't say they were like some genius defensive team but they were smart enough to just kind of know know what to do and and to um you know like like we see here they were taking charges and all this what I actually I think ended up uh uh, being uh being on Harrington but you know they were they, they were this the kind of like team that was you know they were offensive minded but they weren't pushovers on defense either and I, and I think the way that you know they they just kind of, they kind of gelled together I think they 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 served kind of a next like template that you know kind of beyond the suns that other teams could kind of take you know, yeah the absolutely suns, yeah, yeah. I mean, the Suns were dependent on you know one of the you know were dependent on Nash, and Nash is such a unique player. Where the Warriors were something that was a little bit more uh, rep- replicable, I think. No, definitely, and I think that's a great point that you bring up is that especially with it being Don Nelson too is is it's interesting because Don Nelson this team is in sort of the form that Don Nelson wanted the Mavericks to do because he comes to the Mavericks obviously from you know uh, you know hiatus and coaching and had done you know stuff with the Warriors obviously in the 90s like we said and then he comes to the Mavericks and and he's got this you know seven foot power forward that shoots threes and he's got Steve Nash and and he's got an idea of how to play and they run up and down they score they 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 they're, they're just crazy they're you know more you know not more threes than we're accustomed to today but at, at that time like a lot of threes a lot of running gunning a lot of really quick movement but they weren't a good defensive team like they scored a lot but they gave up a lot of points that you know they had some issues in terms of toughness they had some issues in terms of defense you know they couldn't really lock down come playoff time there was a lot of issues where they couldn't seem to like really lock down and and, and win a game that maybe got a little you know defensive or a little kind of mucked up or whatever and now he goes to this Warriors team and, and it's kind of in the image of what he always sort of wanted with the Mavericks team in terms of they run and gun. They're going up and down the court. But like you said, too, they're also like they're tough, man. There's a lot of like guys that aren't you wouldn't necessarily think of as gunners that are just out there like doing the hard work. Your Matt Barnes types, your Steven Jackson types, even like your Al Harrington types were, were like guys that could really get down there and really play good defense and 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 sort of change the game in a lot of ways where 
it, it was kind of the evolution of that Mavericks team that we saw. And then I would say even more to the point, the current day Warriors, the Warriors that obviously emerged, you know, in 2016, 2015 or whatever, then kind of took that to another level as well, where they were also because that, that's like I have people that are like, oh, they don't they don't play defense or oh, the Warriors. All they do is shoot. And I'm like, all right, you don't watch the Warriors because like they play tremendous defense. Like, I don't know. Is it, you know, these days it's it's maybe waning a little bit. But like one of the big reasons why they won those titles and, and were as dominant as they were in the early parts of this decade is because they played great defense. Like, you know, Clay Thompson was an incredible defender, Draymond Green, an incredible defender, Steph Curry, you know, not always the best, but I mean, he's a guy that could definitely go down. I mean, there was years where they were first in both and that's like, you know, so that's sort of like the next level of, of, of what we're kind of talking about here is you had your, your sons and your Mavericks and your gunnering teams and your teams are just going out there and trying to shoot. Maybe even, you know, the Doug Mo nuggets or whatever, which are like, yeah, hey, we scored 130 a game. It's like, oh yeah, but you gave up 140. Like, well, whatever, who cares? We'll win some, we'll lose some. And I, I love that style of play. It's really fun, but like, it wasn't conducive to true winning, winning basketball where like, you're starting to see it a little bit here. And I think this is a great series to kind of, and this team is a great representation of how you can you can kind of do both in a lot of ways. You can play at a fast pace. You can you can shoot a lot of threes. You can shoot a lot. You can shoot quickly in the shot clock. But you can also play some really good defense too when you need to. And I think that's that's something that makes this team pretty special too. Yeah. Although I looked the next season, they were twenty third in defensive rating. Yeah. Well, you know, <laughs> Don's gonna Don. So that's fine. <laughs> yeah. I didn't quite maintain that. I, I forgot that the the Rich trade happened. Uh, between seasons. So they didn't have Richardson the next season. Um, they had a Brandon Wright and said who barely played. Um, and uh, they, I, I forgot they also had Chris Weber briefly for the uh, next season. Oh, that's right. Well. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Chris um, Weber finally back on the Warriors with Don Nelson. This should work just as well yeah. as it did the first time. <laughs> which, right, one, which, right. which one worked better? It's a, that's a tough question. Which Chris Weber well, Don Nelson combo worked better? The one where he couldn't walk or the one where he didn't want to play for him? So. Probably the one where he, where he didn't want to play for him because the one where he couldn't walk, he averaged 3.9 points <laughs> right. in, in nine games. Well, so, he couldn't uh, walk, so I mean, it was, it's tough to play in basketball when you can't you know move your feet. Yeah, so that's, that's, <laughs> that's a good point. Yeah. So... Um, yeah, so I uh, we, another interesting question uh, from uh, uh, Samuel Fleming at Nashman ninety two, asking if uh, if any of the main uh, accomplices for Golden State during the series had played most of their careers or at least their primaries with the Warriors, which players would benefit from that the most? So we're we're going to assume that it is, or I'm going to assume that it's Warriors like. Don Nelson coached and um, you basically the same type of player. So let's assume they all get there fairly young in their career, like you know, early 2000s. So they're, they're within their, like their third or fourth year together. Okay. Um, so, um, so looking at the roster, um, well, I think it helps Baron to um, play most of his career in one place. Yeah, exactly. I think yeah. He's my number yeah. one of just saying like, just being, being with one friend because like you said the question you you posed earlier they're hornets warriors it's like ah it's it's a trade-off it's kind of a toss-up and and that kind of hurts i think his legacy is that he's not predominantly like known as being with one team or whatever so yeah definitely him and, well i see a lot of these guys because steven jackson was really good but he I mean, he really bounced around a lot um you know probably had his best years with the pacers was part of that team that uh that pacers team that looked like they were going to be really good and up until the mouse and the, and the uh, palace kind of changed everything for them um jason richardson the same way like he um you know he never stuck around for a team for more than like you know four years or so and um 
you know, but was a really good player. Definitely looked like he could be like a you know perennial All Star. Like I, I think out of the all the guys in the team, like he, I feel like he was the most talented of them all. Absolutely, maybe even more than Baron. Yeah, yeah. Um, no, no. Jason Richardson is a great pick because I, I and I did this with a, a buddy a few days, uh, you know, a few weeks ago. We were talking about like players of of the two thousands, and I told him go and look at Jason Richardson's career, like. Just leave out whatever you think about it. Like, go look at his career. Just look at his numbers. And it's like, man, that guy was really good. Like, I don't think anybody, nobody brings this guy up. But, I mean, he averaged 20 points a game in three years in the decade, you know, with the Hornets and, and, and or the, the Bobcats at that point. But they don't exist. They never existed. So the Charlotte franchise that was around in 2008. We'll go with that. Is that fine? I think that's fine. We'll go with that. Um, right, and then, like, you know, twice with the Warriors, too. But then the other years where he's not doing that, he's scoring 18 a game. He's scoring 19 a game. He's scoring. He's, he's up there. And, like, I think people don't necessarily... I don't know. I, I don't think he gets his due. And like, you know, he's a multi-time like slam dunk champion, which again, doesn't mean anything in terms of accolades, but he was a pretty popular player at that time too. He was like the dunk contest guy for a few years. He was like the preeminent guy in, in the contest, kind of the spiritual successor of like a Vince Carter type. Like one of the guys that brought the, you know, the contest back from the dead in a lot of ways was Jason Richardson. And, and yeah, good player, good scorer, great dunker, great highlights. But it's just like, I think because he was in Charlotte, then Portland, then Orlando, then Philadelphia. And the other silly thing about that, too, is, like, go look at what he was with a, gr- a lot of great teams. Like, other than those those Bobcats years, you talk about this team, you know, with, with the Warriors team, you know, making that big run. Gr- those are really good Phoenix teams, too. And then he's part of the Orlando teams that I believe upset uh, Vince Carter or, or, or upset uh, LeBron James in the playoffs, right? Uh, I seen him remember no, him that, being on one of those teams. Is he not? That was afterward. He that would have been afterward. So he was on the 2011 2012 teams. They they were still good, but they were but they weren't as. I think the 2011 team was still. That was the last Dwight Howard. Year. Ah, that's and right. They, that's right. Okay, so yeah. he was in the tail end of that. Okay, so he wasn't in that, but he was in those pretty good Phoenix years. I think they had that one year. Yeah, yeah. Uh, with Gentry as their coach, I think they got all the way to what the Western Conference Finals, right? Yeah, uh, during the Alvin Drench years, I want to say 2010. Yeah, they lost the Lakers in, in that year. So, okay, so the yeah. timeline a little off there in terms of Orlando, but yeah, still like those are still some pretty good teams, and the Phoenix team is pretty good. So like he's got a pretty good track record. Then obviously it just yeah, it kind of all falls off. Uh, but I mean, still like a decade of like pretty good production. But I don't think anybody would really consider him. Like you said, any sort of also you know he didn't make any All Star teams. He didn't really maybe stand out in his position. But I think he's a guy that does get lost to time a little bit and. And maybe be regarded a little bit better if he played, you know, 10 years with the Warriors as opposed to, you know, with Phoenix or, and Charlotte and all that sort of stuff. So, right. Yeah. And you look at kind of his prime years, like 04 to, to 2012. I mean, he averaged 18.2 points a game, uh, shot uh, 38% from three, um, you know, five attempts per game, which was, uh, you know, a, a decent amount at that point. I mean, he was really, he was efficient. Uh, Offensive player, he was really fun to watch. I mean, he was an incredible dunker, obviously with you know in game and in dunk contests. I mean, he was really a um, a guy. And he, like I said, like mostly on winning teams, particularly later on in his career. You know, with those, and I think that Charlotte year um, was the year they made. That was the year they made the playoffs. Oh, there you go. Um, so, yeah. So you know, was uh, and I guess Stephen Jackson was there too. So, or was that the year they made the playoffs? That was the that might have been the year afterward, actually. But. No, I'm sorry. That was the. Uh, I don't retain much that, Bobcats history, so if, I'm sorry. Right. I apologize. Yeah. <laughs> yes. So, um, yeah, but but Stephen Jackson was on the. Uh, he he's probably the greatest player in Bobcats history. I think if you're, uh, <laughs> if if you want to think, well, I guess we got Joe Wallace there, but <laughs> I, I I'm gonna go ahead and give it to Stephen Jackson. Oh, this, I'm, this, I'm a Mecca Okafor disrespect will just not stand, sir. <laughs> I'm going to make an executive decision and say that Stephen Jackson. Hold on, is, hold, is no, the, hold on a minute. Hold on, hold on. Let me uh, before yeah. I, I I'm not ready for that yet. One second. Let me. Uh, all right. No, no. Let's see. You might be right. Um, 
So who are our contenders? It's Gerald Wallace. Uh, uh, Okafor, yeah. Okafor. According to that, well, actually, according to NBA history, the uh, the best player in Bobcats history is uh, Kemba Walker. So that's well, and uh, Muggsy Bogues. Yeah, you know, yeah, exactly. <laughs> Larry yeah, Johnson right. is, yeah, is my right. pick. <laughs> right. Yeah. Um. All right. I think it's between those. Okay, so it is definitely between Gerald and. Gerald Steven and Emeka, I think, is... I'm, I'm disqualifying Emeka. Emeka's gone. I think I'm going to go Gerald, but if for the purposes of us agreeing, I will go Steven Jackson, if that helps. Well, we don't have to agree. I mean, I well, I, I guess my reasoning is that... So was... So the year... Okay, the, the year they made the playoffs, which is 2010, they're 44 and 38. Um, first in the league in defense... Um, and defensive rating. Uh, yeah, they had, uh, they had, uh, they had Jop as well. So they have got a, uh, got a Dallas Mavericks. <laughs> All the worst so, place. Yeah, right. Yes. Um, so, so uh, wait, who was, uh, who are we comparing? It, it, oh, it, Gerald, I think, uh, I think, uh, yeah, Gerald, I think Gerald and Steven are, are, are he, two. He is on to... this team. Okay. Yeah. He's, he's on this team. All right. Well, yeah, I guess probably I have to give the Jared Wallace. I I don't know. He if was I just like there it, longer. He was. But, just, I, I don't love yeah. it either. I don't love it either. He just was there longer. I think yeah. he was on that original. Wasn't he like the first free agent they signed? Like the big free agent coup was was signing uh, Gerald Wallace from the the Kings. Was, was he was he a free agent or was he actually an expansion draft? Um, oh, you know you're right. He might have been an expansion draft guy. Let, let me uh, here. Let me uh, find that out here real quick. Uh, expansion draft. There you go. What are you doing, Kings? Come on. Yeah. Um. All right, I'm gonna. I don't like it, and I don't entirely. <laughs> well, no, agree no, with no. It, hold on. No, I don't want you to not but, like it. I want you to like it. Well, I mean, I I think we need. To no one's gonna. Like, we're not gonna like anything about for, the Bobcats. Let's be honest. Well, uh, that's true. But I. This By the way, we have to talk about what just happened there. Dirk lost his shoe, was falling over, and then threw a half court, a full court heave, and was like. Five inches away from making it. That would have been the greatest shot in NBA history. <laughs> and nobody would have. Great. Everybody would have forgot that they lost this game here. Everyone would have been like, I, right. "Did they lose? Who cares?" Dirk made yeah. a shot with, with losing a shoe yeah. from full yeah. court. Like, who cares that he, you know, the MVP just lost in the first round of the playoffs as a number one right. seed? Who cares? Look at what he just did. Who cares? So, no, cares. If only, yes. if only. But instead, they don't talk about that. So. They don't talk about that. So the. Um so we were at halftime. The Warriors are up by uh, by three, I believe. And, um, you know, it's looking competitive. Looks like it's, uh, you know, could go either way. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, at this point, you know, Baron Davis is, is, is playing well, but he has his hamstring issue. And uh, Dirk? Dirk ain't playing so well. <laughs> I don't, no. uh, I don't, I think he's made no. one shot, I believe, uh, at this yeah. point. So, yeah, he's, uh, yeah, <laughs> it's, it's not going to be a banner game for Dirk. But it would have been. No. It would have been had he made that shot, so. I mean, shot. It also would have yeah, so, doubled the amount of points that he scored in this half, too. So yes, so so Warriors up by two, fifty to forty-eight at, at this point. So, so you, as you mentioned, your second favorite team at the time are the Mavericks. I believe Dirk is your favorite player of all yes. time. Is that correct? Correct. Okay. So, t- two-part question: One, how did Dirk become your favorite player? You may have shared this on the show before, but for for those who've not listened to all the episodes, if you if you could. Share your Dirk origin story. And second, um, what were you thinking at this point? Because obviously I'm, I'm sure you're rooting for the Mavericks here, but also I, you have to admire the Warriors from a certain point of view, I, I would think. 
Yeah. So, okay. So the, the origin story to start off is, so I obviously grew up in Chicago. I think I, I, most people listening to this probably know that if you don't, I grew up in Chicago and you know, 32 years old right now or 31. I forget how old I am. That's probably good that I'm old I am and I don't want to know how old I am. I'm somewhere in there. I'm old as hell. Who cares? Uh, anyway, <laughs> somewhere, somewhere in the thirties. Yeah. Who cares? At that point, who cares? Right. Um, and so, so Jordan retires and I'm still kind of a young basketball fan. So Jordan goes away. The bulls kind of stink. And I just really stopped watching basketball together. I stopped watching the NBA, you know, a hundred percent. I just, uh, it didn't help at that same time that wrestling, you know, had become, you know, the thing that I really, really focused on a lot. You know, we're talking about the midst of the attitude era with WF and WCW and got ECW too. Like I was just consuming wrestling and I just basically told the NBA and, and stopped following basketball for, for years after, you know, Jordan retired. I was one of those guys. And, uh, and I still obviously go into Twitter. Uh, I go into Twitter and I complain about how nobody plays defense. Because uh, I never watched it again. I never, ever watched basketball again. So now I just tell people they used to be better in the 90s. Nobody plays defense anymore. So uh, that's what I do with my free time yeah. these days. But um, yeah. no, obviously, uh, I remember, I think it was 2001 was the exact year. And I just like, I flip on TNT. Maybe I thought I was going to watch wrestling or wrestling wasn't on. Or it was like an episode of Thunder got preempted. I don't know what the hell is going on or whatever. But um yeah, it was early. Yeah, I was gonna say early 2001. So at this point, like the dying days of WCW. So WCW is done and, and gone and, and really not coming back for uh, ever again. And uh, I started kind of watching some other stuff a little bit. And and I I remember turning on an NBA game and it happened in a Ma- uh, Mavericks game. I don't remember who the hell they were against. And I just remember being like, what the hell? What is there's a gigantic dude. He's seven foot tall and he's raining three pointers like this is absolutely nuts. And like, I just thought I didn't think much of it at the time. I was just like, well, that's kind of cool. That's that's interesting. That's that's fun. Um, and then I remember that weekend I went over to a buddy's house and we were playing video games together. And he had uh, he had a Dreamcast and he had NBA 2K. I got it. OK, one, I think at that point would have been the game. And I remember being like, you know who I'm going to be? I'm going to be those Mavericks. They were kind of fun. They had some fun players or whatever. And that entire night or that entire day, that entire weekend, however long we played, I was just the Mavericks the entire time. And I just won every single game. I was just winning left and right. And like my friends who weren't that big of NBA players too were also like looking and they're like, what the hell are you like? Why are you shooting threes with that guy? And I'm like, oh, I don't know. He shoots threes. Like, I can't believe it either. Because they were kind of in the same boat as me where they stopped watching basketball for a little bit. So little by little, I just started learning more about Dirk and being like, this guy's awesome. Like, I, I can't believe this guy this tall is shooting three pointers. And then you obviously have, you know, on that Mavericks team, you have Steve Nash and those sort of guys. So, so Dirk is kind of the, the, the conduit to it where I'm like, this guy's awesome. He's like my favorite player. I love this guy. So I really kind of followed him and, 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 and really enjoyed his career as much as I did. And one thing that I always mentioned about the Mavericks and, and how I think I became like a bigger sort of quote unquote Mavericks fan instead of just a Dirk fan is that, you know, I was, I was walking the halls of my high school once and there was this kid that walked by and this guy that walked by, I had never met him before. I think he was kind of new to the school at the time and he's wearing a Dirk jersey. And I go up to him and, and, and he's, he's pretty quiet and he's kind of like, I think he had just, like I said, he had just started. He was pretty new to the school. So I go up to him and I go, Hey, what's up, man? And he's like, kind of just like, yeah, what, what do you want? And I was like, I was like, dude, do you have a Dirk jersey? I'm, I'm like, do you like Dirk? And he's like, yeah, do you? And I'm like, yeah. And we became friends that day, and we're we're still like really good friends right now. I like just got done talking to him, uh, you know, a few minutes ago before we started recording this. And then him and I, he would come over and we'd watch Mavericks games. Like anytime they were on Friday nights or every time they were on Thursdays or whatever, we would watch Mavericks games together. Anytime the Bulls played the Mavericks at home, we would go to the games and go early and get autographs and do all that sort of stuff. So he sort of helped me turn it just from like, hey, Dirk's a cool player, to I'm a big, I'm a huge you know Mavericks fan because he was a Dirk fan and also a Mavericks fan too. So we kind of jointly went on that journey together and, and, and still to this day still go on that journey together even though Dirk's not there anymore we still kind of follow the Mavericks and talk about the Mavericks all the time and that sort of stuff so so it's really cool in that sense as far as your second question though him and I watched this entire series together I remember it vividly I remember where we were during this game 
And I want to say that I was mature at that. Like, cause nowadays I'd be like, Oh man, that's cool. Like what an upset. That's great. I wasn't like that at that time. I was fucking pissed right. off. I hated this Warriors team. I was like these assholes. Cause this was like, you know, and, and you know, I'm in like, I think, I think I'm out of, I'm out of high school at this point, but I'm in college, but I still have enough friends that like know that I'm a Mavericks fan and I'm needling them and I'm telling them oh baby. Like, yeah, we lost the finals last year, but we're back. Like this is the best year. Like they're going to win the title this year. Yeah. Like I talked a lot of shit, Jason. <laughs> I had a puffy chest, 67 <laughs> yes. wins. You know, you could start talking a lot of crap, a lot of crap. Yeah. So yeah, it was kind of these things that him and I looked at each other. We're like, oh, goddamn. Like, we got now we have to like face all these people that are going to say, hey, what happened to the Mavericks? Hey, what happened to Dirk? And like, I was a huge Tracy McGrady like hater. I would like, I, I, I always talked about this on the podcast too. And if people, old time listeners will remember this too, that like my friends were like divided in a Tracy McGrady versus Dirk camp for some reason at that time. So you had to choose one. You couldn't like both. You had to be like, all right, right. do you like Dirk or do you like T Mac? I don't know why you couldn't like both, but that's what we decided. You had to only like one or the other. And I talked a lot of shit about T Mac losing in the first round all the time, including this year where he's en route to losing in the first round again. So yeah, that became a problem too, where everybody was like, Oh, Hey, yeah. Losing the first round. That must suck. Right. And I'm like, Oh man. So I, um, I was not happy about this either. And and it was also a time too, where like, I was kind of like, all right, what's next for the Mavericks, man. You let, you know, Don Nelson go, you bring Avery Johnson, Avery Johnson kind of changes the culture a little bit. Well, now they fall apart again. Like what the hell's going to happen with Dirk? Like I, after the series, you know, we, we do know that Dirk goes through like a deep depression. Like I was like, this is it. This is over. This dynasty's done. They're going to break everything up. It's, it, it's all over. So part of me got a little upset that like, oh, maybe like me and Rob aren't going to be friends anymore. Or like, you know, maybe if this thing breaks up, you know, we're still kind of new into our friendship. That's the end of our friendship because of this team. So we were upset. We were not happy at all about this. You know, 31 slash 32, whatever the hell I am, year old me would be totally fine with this because I'd be like, oh, I just watched history. That's great. You know, whatever I was at that time, I think 20 year old me, not so happy. I did not uh, did not enjoy it whatsoever. So, yeah, well, that makes sense. And, and I, I probably at a similar age, I probably would have had this similar attitude if the team that I you know was rooting for <laughs> lost you know in this manner. And I think maybe yeah, I haven't really talked to any Mavericks fans about this, but I'm guessing that winning in 2011 takes the sting out of this a little bit. Oh, because, for sure. Oh, hundred percent. Yeah. Because yeah, you, you had that great moment. You won that title. You know, it makes, it makes this feel, you know, not as bad. It makes, you know, Oh six feel not as bad because you did finally have that one great moment of vindication. And, and one of the better, you know, performances in any series in history from Dirk in 2011, <clears throat> Exercises a lot of demons uh, of the past. You know, not that he needs it, but I mean, just you know, as a fan, it's kind of the way that you feel. It's like, okay, my guy did deliver in this moment, and I care about that. You know that. So I, I do think that matters to that would matter to me if if I were a fan in that situation. Yeah, I'm assuming yeah, that definitely. A lot of Mavericks would probably feel the same way. Yeah. No, I, I think definitely between me and Rob, like 100 percent that that 2011 Finals made it all the much better to be like, oh, okay. Cause like there was a while there where it was like, oh, that's, this is it. This is the highest high this team is going to go on. It felt like that. It felt like, okay, they can't follow this up. Like there's no way they come back from this. And they really didn't. I mean, they did in the sense that they didn't like fall apart and break up the team and all that sort of stuff, but they were never, you know, it took until the 2011 team, they weren't like this anymore. You know, this was kind of that high of this team. And it was like, okay, we're going to do a little bit of retooling. This guy's going to go, that guy's going to go. And it was, it was kind of, I don't know, it was, you know, to, to the Mavericks credit, they stuck with it and, and realized that, hey, you know, this is a team that, that, that could make things happen. But the next year they lose in the first round again, you know, they make it to the semis the year after and they lose in the first round the year after that. Like the finals win was almost that inexplicable because it was like, all right, this is a team that just ha- they're, they're losers. You know what I mean? Like regular season, they're great. They win all these games. But who cares? Because once the playoffs comes, they just lose. And, and, and without that 2011 year, 
they're just losers. <laughs> you know, there's the team that never fulfills their destiny or never fulfills their promise. And Dirk's, you know, a guy that never fulfills what he could have been and has this kind of sham MVP year that a lot of people kind of brought up. I, you know, obviously still deserves the MVP, but, you know, it, it, that was kind of the narrative around it at the time. So, yeah, no, it was it was hard to get really excited about like, hey, this plucky Warriors team. Yay, they're fun. Like, I hated them. I absolutely hated them. But now I really appreciate them. And, and I can watch this with a lot more fun because, yeah, honestly, if they didn't win that 2011, I don't think I would have offered to watch this game because it would be too, <laughs> too, too annoying and too, uh, too stressful. But uh, yeah, him and I, like we share videos of the series all the time, too, and laugh about it and stuff, too. But we were in uh, definitely no laughing mood at that uh, on that day as well. Yeah. No, yeah, because the, um, you know, they went from 67 to 51 wins the next year. They got Jason Kidd, I believe, the next season. And um, that didn't really look like, short term, that didn't look like a, a very, you know, productive move for them. Oh, you should have seen been, my hot takes during that. Oh, man. <laughs> I hated yeah. that Jason Kidd move. I was right. so upset that they acquired Jason Kidd. So upset. Right. Yeah. So, obviously, it went all right. But, yeah, they they were not, you know, um, you know, they were kind of a mostly because he's a turd, of, but <laughs> right, right. I mean, they they were a low to mid fifties win team over the next few years up until twenty eleven. You know, that that kind of that one again kind of came out of nowhere. You know, um, and I mean, they were a really good team that year, but no one really kind of expected them to. But they just kind of kept plugging away and you know made shifts in the roster and you know kept their de- defensive identity, but were you know a better offensive team. Um, you know, going forward, more more diversified team. You know, had just had like. You know, you, they had defensive-minded players, but instead of having, you know, like Greg Buckner, they had Sean Marion, which is obviously a lot better than Greg Buckner. <laughs> right. You know, or, instead you of know, Eric like, Dampier, you had Tyson freaking Chandler. So it's like, right, yeah. exactly. Yeah, they had the right, you know, they had guys who were, like, in that mindset, but were way better versions of those players. So, but it took a while to get this there. Greg, I don't know. So. that Someone's going to get upset about your Greg Buckner slander. <laughs> For the record, that was Jason, I, not me. So <laughs> I, I'm sorry, i for all the Greg Buckner, Greg Buckner Twitter there. is going to get really upset about yeah. that. At, at over and back NBA, you can you know specifically out Jason, you know, yeah. J-A-S-O-N, yeah. if you Thank want you. to, you know. So yes, so um, you made a point here in the notes to this is the first playoff meeting between the Mavericks and the Warriors. I guess the only one is is that correct? Have they played since then? Oh, you're right. Yeah, that might be it, right? Yeah, the Mavericks have made the playoffs in a while now, as the Warriors have been there every year. So I don't believe they've had yeah, an opportunity. Wow! Then. So, and, so. And like, yeah, they've never been good at the same time, and it, it didn't help that like they were all bad in the '90s. So like, that's a huge right. chunk of time they weren't good. But I would have, I mean, you could have thought that somewhere in the '80s, maybe. You, you know what I mean? Like, the Mavericks were a pretty solid team, and the Warriors, you know, up and down. But they had a few years where you thought they may have gotten pretty close. But it was like one team was never really good when the other team was like just okay, or it was either like they were both like just fine, or they were both horrendous so yeah there's not i guess there wasn't really a time where they would have matched up but it just seems odd though it's i don't know they're they're i don't know the teams that i felt like should have crossed paths at some point earlier but yeah i i i can confirm that they have not uh done so since uh uh since uh 2000 and um and seven they they have yeah they uh the in the in the 2010s they've lost to the the thunder in 2012 the spurs in 2014 the uh Rockets. Oh, I don't, why do we have to do this? This seems unfair. Thunder, I'm, I'm sorry. I mean, I not to you know, go ahead. Not to right. I just you know, um, just point out the teams they played. That's all. So uh, yes. So um, yeah. So yeah. I mean, it, it is the Mavericks have been so you know a, a very good team for so long, with the exception of the last three or four years. But still, like 
yeah, they, I guess they've been okay enough, and they've had Dirk to not really be thought of as like a team that's you know like I think they're still considered a good franchise even if they haven't been good. And then yeah, obviously with Luca and with um, Porzingis, they're you know considered a team that's probably going to be on the rise again. But um, but yeah, they were a really bad franchise for a while too. I mean, they were a really bad franchise basically through the entire nineties. I mean, they I think they had a uh, a nine or ten year playoff drought. Um, you know, up until recently. Well, I'm sorry, excuse me, up until the early 2000s. So, um, so yeah, I mean, they again, they as you talked about, they kind of were in the same boat as the Warriors, though, though not quite to the extreme the Warriors were. Yeah, it's just, yeah, it's interesting that they haven't really ever, I mean, you're looking at, yeah, the one time, like I mentioned, the 80s is about the only time where I thought they maybe could have cross pads but then again the Warriors weren't really like <laughs> you know it was the, the Mavericks were pretty good in those 80s years but yeah the Mar- uh, the Warriors were <sighs> I guess what just 87 would have been the only year I think right but then did the Mavericks even make the yeah they okay so the the Mavericks made the first round that year um and the Warriors lost right. in the first round that uh no they made it, yeah they made it to the semis that year so I guess that could have been the one year uh the George Carl Warriors if um I wonder how the playoffs let me, let me look at the brackets here see if that could have been uh, the year where that could have happened. Um, what year are we talking about? Yeah, the 1987, yeah. 1987. I'm trying to look at the... It's hard to oh, tell who yeah. the uh, the seeds were. They don't have the seeds here on Basketball Reference, uh, unfortunately. Um, yeah, I guess that could have been the only other year that, that makes sense that they could have crossed pads was, was that 87 year, but... Yeah, yeah, and the, the Warriors also had... Um, they had a nine year gap um between uh 78 and 86 and then uh also a five-year gap between yeah 08 to uh 2012 yeah. so that's yeah that's uh not good <laughs> no that's not, not good. Uh, there used to be a time oh, oh chris cohen <laughs> the good old days. yes oh uh, <laughs> yes years. cohen years yes so oh brother um yes so um Oh, by the way, I found our first yes. email. Do you want to? Uh, oh, yeah, good. I okay. did. Yeah, I was able to find it. So, okay, so this is June sixteenth, two thousand fourteen, three twenty p.m. Jason, you sent me this message. I, we had apparently talked before, but I don't remember what where we talked at or, or how. I couldn't find anything else. Uh, but this is the first one. This is this is a good one though because it's titled. Uh, the email is titled NBA Podcast, so that is as early as we can get. I think. All right, uh, All right. Rich. Uh, just wanted to gauge your interest in attempting to do a classic NBA podcast together. Maybe something once a month in which we look back at a player's career, talking about their classic games and career highlights and that sort of thing. Could rely on old footage, old SI, and other articles and so forth for research. Uh, just an idea. I don't want to add too much to my. Play- but I've had interest in something like this for a while. I think at one point we talked about looking at the Bulls Celtics series in 2009. I don't think we've ever actually done that. But that's no, yeah. I feel like what we wanted to talk about in 2014, we wanted to talk about a game from 2009, and that was going to be our that, history yeah. podcast. Well, <laughs> hey, this thing know. that happened four years ago, that's kind of cool. Right? Like, <laughs> um, you also said we could have guests uh, too. Let me know if this is something you maybe be interested in pursuing. And that's exactly at the time you were talking about as well. I said, this is something I definitely be interested in doing. Uh, it sounded like a great idea when you first came up with it. And I think there's still a lot of potential there. Uh, I may be porting over to a new site in the next few days. Let me pitch this to them and see what they think. And if so, uh, we already have a platform ready to go. So that's uh, the aforementioned um, uh, the podium game. Podium so, game. Yeah. There you go. Right. Yeah. That's it. That's how it starts. Good times. That's how it started. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, because I think we talked about it. At one point, I think the idea was to look at, like, old playoff series and to, like, uh, like watch a game and talk about a particular game or something like that. I think that might have been the I- idea I had for the series before it kind of evolved into different NBA history topics. But um, So I think that's might, might be where the Bulls-Celtics thing came from. But 
That'd be a good one, though. That It's been long. Now it's now, like, yeah, now it is. Yeah. Like, then it's like, yeah. what the? Okay, right. here's our NBA history podcast. Remember Joe Kim Noah, guys? And it's like, yeah, he still like, plays in the league. Like, he's still... <laughs> yeah. Paul Pierce, huh? Wow. Yes. Like, yeah, he's still there. Like, <laughs> All right. But now he's old as hell. Paul Pierce is old. Rajon Rondo, he sucks. He might not even have a team next year. You know what I mean? Like, now I think yeah. we're good. Like, right. now, yeah. you know, Joe yeah. Kim Noah doesn't have legs. You know, it, it's perfect. Right. That'd be good. Yeah, well, dang, I think to, might still be on the Lakers roster, but they don't play him. Right. So. Yeah. Yeah. Half those guys are Lakers now. So LeBron has assembled them all from their first. <laughs> right. Yeah. It's sort of weird that LeBron like keeps like putting guys on his team who were like his old en- enemies. Yeah. Yeah. The problem though is like, and this is a big issue with like, and that was a Michael Jordan thing too. I don't know if you remember. I mean, that used to be a big thing to talk about it. I think a little bit in the Jordan rules is that he always would like want like, guys that he played against on the Pistons and they're like, no, they're not good anymore. <laughs> like, we're not going to get in, like, you know, we're not going to bring in like these guys that you just like remember playing against. Like, that's not how good teams are built or whatever. But I mean, obviously the Lakers don't have much ability to tell LeBron, no, that's not what we do. But like, yeah, he's like, oh, Rajon Rondo, he was hard to play against. And it's like, yeah, but that was like eight years ago. Like, let's not bring him in. Like, that's no, we don't have to do that. And yeah, like, yeah, Lance Stevenson the same way too. So he's just kind of assembling past guys that were tough players to play against, but it's like, eh, I don't know if that's a great idea if LeBron. And, yeah. Well. But Dwight Howard's coming, so that should definitely change everything. Yeah, so there you go. Du- thankfully, yeah, we've righted that Howard wrong. We're bringing in Dwight Howard. Yeah. yeah. Noah or, or uh, Howard, for that matter, would, would fit that bill. So yeah. Yeah, maybe, maybe they got them both, you know? Ugh. Yes. So, um, so looking at like kind of what happened in the series overall. So, um, yeah, so Golden State won game one in Dallas. Um, and, uh, let's see the, the score of that game was 97, 85. So that was, you know, the start of, that was obviously a big surprise, you know, started the rumblings that there might be trouble, but Dallas won game two, you know, one twelve ninety nine. Um, you know, so it wasn't necessarily a, uh, a huge crisis, but once it got back into, uh, you know, Oracle, that was really, the you know the sea change there where the Warriors just completely demolished them in uh, Game Three, one hundred nine to ninety one, and then won the close one, uh, one hundred three ninety nine in Game Four, and then the Mavericks came back because we talked about one Game Five to make it three two. So it you know certainly didn't seem out of the realm possibility that Dallas could um, you know turn around and win this series, come back from the three one deficit. Um, now uh, at this point, you know. At halftime, this was close, but now uh, as we're watching the game, Stephen Jackson, I believe they said, have scored the last 12 points yeah. for the uh, for the Warriors, and now the Warriors have a 12-point lead. This one's starting to look like it might be out of hand. Um, you know. Yeah, um, Jackson's going to have, like, an all-time career game here. If you don't if you don't know, we'll kind of spoil a little bit here. Uh, yeah, he, uh, he is going to go 7 of 8 from 3 points, 10 of 19 from the field. He's going to score a team high. 33 points. I think a game high 33 points. Yeah, too. So 33 points for Steven Jackson on seven of eight three point shots. It's, yeah. <laughs> he's, he's feeling it. Pretty good. He's feeling yeah. it. Yeah. 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 33 points, uh, five rebounds, three assists, three steals, only one turnover. Pretty good game. Seven of eight from uh, three and uh, 10 of 19 from the field. I would take that. 
Yeah, all uh, all Warriors too. All Warriors starters. And this is what we're talking about with this team too. All Warriors starters will end up scoring in double figures. Jackson, as you said, with thirty three. Matt Barnes will put in sixteen, like a pretty quiet sixteen. Sixteen and eleven for Matt Barnes. What a hell of a game! Sixteen, eleven, and seven yeah. assists. Almost seven. Right. Assists. Oh, yeah. Triple double. Right. Go Matt yeah. Barnes. You drive his car up yeah. and go beat some up after this game. He's right. So, yeah. He's so upset. He's so happy. Terrible, terrible human being, but a great, <laughs> right. very good player in this game. Uh, yeah. Jason Richardson, fifteen points. Uh, Baron Davis hobbled, still gets twenty out of seven and seventeen shots. Uh, and then Beadrit yes. somehow gets twelve and twelve. <laughs> Andres Beadrit. Yes. He's a guy too. I think people forget that he was like pretty damn good for a while. Right. I mean, he had and that like just... '80s villain hair <laughs> look and '80s right. villain persona, he but he was good. And then. Yeah, and then he completely just uh, stopped being able to shoot free throws. Yes, right. That, like, that basically killed, killed his career, killed right? Because he just like right. He didn't want to like touch the ball because he didn't want to shoot free throws. So yeah, so his free throw percentage. Um, so it from at this season it was five twenty one. Uh, next season to be up to sixty two percent, and then in 09, it'd be fifty five percent, and then at age twenty three it went down <laughs> to sixteen oh. percent. Um. <laughs> And um, and then thirty two percent, eleven percent, and thirty percent, and then his last year was sixteen percent. But it was in six games um, for the Jazz. Uh, he was he was out of the oh, as he just perfect timing. Did you see him just yeah? Because he's four or six in this game right now, or, or he was four right. Six. He's going to end up four or six. He almost airballs that one right there. Unbelievable! What, right. a, what a perfect set. Thank you, Andres Beatrice. Yes. Yeah, he's probably going to. Does he miss yeah. this one too? This is it. This is when yeah. he stopped. He was he was four yeah. or four before this. It. He just went five. four or six. Yeah, <laughs> that's it. Yeah, he never makes another I free like, throw again ever. Yeah, some he makes I, some, I feature, but not many. <laughs> yeah, right. No, not not enough. Yeah. Wow, we just and, saw yeah, the yeah, moment. Yeah. That's his career just ended. I just we, had, right, we right just there. saw his career yeah. end. Unbelievable. Right, history unfolding before our eyes. <laughs> right. Jerry Stackhouse. I don't think we've talked about Stackhouse much in. This, yeah. Um, right. I, yeah. He's similar. yeah. But yeah, he actually. Yeah, he was one of the few Mavericks who played pretty well in this um, game. And um, uh, it was kind of toward the, toward the later stages of his career uh, at this point. But, um, you know, still a contributor off the bench. Uh, you know, 20 points, um, four of nine from three. You know, um, leading he and Josh Howard were the leading scorers for the Mavericks in this game. So he only was only in 27 minutes. So playing pretty well here. Yeah, how long? He didn't last that much longer, right? I mean, yeah, so was, actually, was, shockingly, he did because he played like forever. But he, he like oh, you kind yeah, of forget okay. that he played. Like there was like a Milwaukee year, there was like a Miami year, there was like a Brooklyn year, like an Atlanta Hawks year. Did he, he play for the Atlanta Hawks? Did you remember that? I didn't at all. I don't oh think God, it's, I don't I, think that's real. I, I think Basil Ruffin says an error there. Uh, I remember that now, but yeah, I forgot <laughs> all about it. Yeah. So he actually plays like what? What one, two, three, four, five, six more years? Which is, uh, I mean, not productive. I mean, this is like. He's already kind of like you said, the waning stages. He'd have one more year of like semi-production and then pretty much just be like old guy at the end of the bench. But uh, right. yeah, Stackhouse is a guy. I don't think he gets nearly as much. Lo- oh, a little Austin Crozier, <laughs> Baron Davis oh, brawl. There we go. I forgot about this. Oh, and a referee gets thrown down. I think who yeah. fell down. Oh yeah. Well. Wow. I forgot about Crozier being on the uh, Mavericks yeah. uh, at this point. You know, long. I always think of him, of course, as a pacer. Yeah. Oh, there's you know? Kevin Willis there. Let's yeah. see, hard foul or good clean basketball? That's a, that's probably pretty clean. Yeah, it's clean. I I would I would normally not um, side with Austin not, uh, <laughs> right? But yeah, that that's not okay. bad. That's all. That's ball. He's going for ball. Oh yeah, it. right. Yeah, 
All right, so I was going to, I wanted to talk about Jerry. There's a one year of Jerry Stackhouse's career that I just do not. There is the year that year 2001 with Detroit. Right, he scores almost yeah. 30 points a game, 29.8 points per game in that era in 2001 NBA. That one does not get enough right. love that year. That is an awesome year for Jerry that, Stackhouse. That's his that's his world be free year. Yeah, so he he shot uh, he shot 40 um, percent from the field, which. It, Hey, hey look. Hat, someone's got to shoot. Hey, Is Chucky Atkins hey. going to take those shots? No, you got to right. take them. No, so that's, right. that's fair. And 35% from three. So, you know, um, Corliss Williamson ain't taking those shots. All right. So someone's got to take them. Uh, someone has to take that shot. I mean, that's true. Corliss Williams is not taking um, those shots. Yeah, that's like his world be free year. You know, the kind of the random like, uh, you know, I'm the only guy who can shoot or you who can make baskets on this team. So might as well just take all those shots. Right. Yeah. Um, that is a pretty yeah, and as you talked, I mean they about, were a terrible team. It was all he just had to score. The, yeah. yeah, well, I, well they're thirty two and fifty. They 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 weren't good, but they are there are worse teams. Um, they they had been Wallace, um, who's obviously not scoring, but was doing other things for them. They just Smith in that team. Yeah, the former number yeah. one pick, Joe Smith. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. LeBron couldn't win a title with. <laughs> what a no, <laughs> LeBron could not win a title with, despite being a number one pick. All right, despite having all the number one. I know picks he had Derrick Rose, with, <laughs> yes. Andrew, all Shaq, eight minutes of Andrew Bogut. <laughs> Andrew like, Bogut, yeah, <laughs> for those eight minutes before he got hurt again. Uh, right, <laughs> Joe Smith, yeah. Shaq. He sure. had Shaq on his team and couldn't win a title. I mean, come on, man. yeah. Right. Greg Oden. Yeah, Greg Oden. Yeah, right. team. Could win title. The corpse of Greg Oden. Yeah. yeah, I mean, come on. Some right. Yeah. Real heavy hitters there. Yeah. yeah. Right. Exactly. He had Eddie Curry at one point, too. Not a number one overall pick, but a number, what, three overall pick and couldn't do anything with That's him right. either. Yeah. I mean, geez. Yeah. Come on. And now he's going to have Dwight, too. If he doesn't win with Dwight, that's another one we can add to the list. Unbelievable. That's right. Unbelievable. Yeah. Um, that would be unbelievable. I actually didn't know this. The 2001 Detroit Pistons led the league in pace. At ninety four point seven, wow! Which I believe would be very far at the bottom of the list these uh, these days. That would be uh, I'm a, shockingly I'm low. Look, I think, yeah. I'm gonna look for NBA pace averages by year. Yeah, ninety four point seven is our uh, our Pistons in in, in one. Uh. Okay, so the average last year was a hundred exactly. <laughs> um, so that would have been that would have been above average. Um, before, uh, 2015 would have been the last year that would have been above average. Okay. Um, oh, okay. So ever not. since then it's been, yeah. So it's slow, but not like, um, not exceptionally slow up until 2016, 2017, where it, it creeps up above that. But yeah, the pace is definitely, uh, of, of course, yeah, in 2000, the average was 93 and 99, the average was 88.9. <laughs> God. Slow back then. Yeah. In 74, the pace was 107.8. <laughs> See, that's my kind of basketball. <laughs> yeah, that's that, that was the good times, yeah. So. Is that Sarunas Yesterjakevich yeah. or whatever the fuck? I don't know how to pronounce his name. I think that was him, right? Yeah, uh, yeah, Jazzy Cabbages, I believe. Yeah, there he is. Oh, yeah, there he is. Nelson McCollum, yeah. Yeah. He's going to play 52 right, seconds in this game. Make sure we are aware he, <laughs> we might be focused he was, on that. He was, he was part of that trade, too. Yeah. The, oh, uh, right. Yeah, yeah, he was, yeah. Yeah, the. the, the a lot of white guys for trade. a bunch of black guys trade that. Right, where the Pacers decide they have to trade all their uh, all their black guys off the team. Yes, that's uh, I, jokingly, but like you're going to read the names here. I'm telling you, Sarunas yes. was in there only so they could be like, no, no, it's not right. because of that. No, like, yeah. well, we traded that obviously, guy. Obviously, we didn't do that. I mean, come on. All right, um, let's see. It. That is my uh, most hated team of all time. There's a there's a Pacers year. I went to a Pacers Bulls 
playoff game. I want to say maybe two years, maybe I, I, I forget what year it was, but they were just like Tyler Hansbrough and Troy Murphy and Jeff Foster. And it's like, Oh yeah. Oh, gross. <laughs> what a terrible uh, that was just, yes. So, um, yeah. So I definitely did go to a Pacers game sometime in the late two thousands when the, uh, they were playing the Hawks. Oh, this starts and your Dunleavy hate, right? This is when you started hating. Oh Mike yeah. Dunleavy. yeah that, that was what I heckled Dun- Mike Dunleavy. Yes. And then he like made like a bunch of three pointers and like, <laughs> okay. shut me up. But I got a little belligerent and I started, I started like chanting that he was too slow. Well, and, he, he's um, still a turd. Who cares? Yeah. You're, you're, you're yeah, not, you're yeah, not wrong. No. Yeah. That's true. I'm not wrong. I was maybe a little bit loud about it, but, <laughs> but I, I, I wasn't wrong. I true. support, I support the way you'd. Yeah. I didn't curse or anything. You know, I was just, uh, I just said he was too slow. So, um, okay. So it was, um, it was Ike Diogu, um, Mike Dunleavy, Keith McLeod, and Troy Murphy to the Pacers for Al Harrington, Stephen Jackson, Sarunas Yazikavages, and Josh Powell. So, oh wow, okay. It okay in in this year that's a horrendous trade. Like they gave a lot of talented players to the Warriors, and the Warriors obviously used those talented players. But those guys were weirdly good for the Pacers for like a few years. So. On its face, a bad trade, like yeah. watching this series, but those guys did play important roles in, in the next good, you know, Pacers team. So I'll, 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 I'll allow it, but. Did they, were they, I mean, I'm like Dunleavy was, were they in the Pacers Yeah, team so they, they go, those guys hung around or? like way longer than you think they should have hung around because you're like, well, why, why are those guys right. still there? I, the year I want to say, oh, maybe 2011 was the year where a lot of those guys are still on that team, I want to say. Um, All right, D- Dunleavy's still there. They're thirty-seven and forty-five. They do make the playoffs. Uh, they lost. <laughs> right. They lost to the Bulls. That's okay. Um, so that's the year. That's the year I went to. Then so yes. So they they have Granger, Collison, Hibbert. Dun- Dunleavy's the only one left. They didn't have. Uh, they didn't have any of the guys there. So um, oh, maybe not then. Okay. All right. It would have been. It would have been the following year where they were forty-two and twenty-four. Where they had. Uh, they, yeah, that was the year that Granger was still good and George was starting to come into his own. So that was the year they were really good. But yeah, they they no longer had they now they, they did still have Jeff Foster. So um, they were a white guy representing. There, yeah, but, for sure. Um, okay, okay. They they had, they had Hansboro. They had Jeff Foster. You know the white guys they become a dime a dozen after a while. Lou Onmanson as well. You know he's European, but we're gonna still count him in this. So. Uh, Carrillo Fensenko. Um, That's not a real person. <laughs> so, yes. Yeah. So. Um, okay. That's fair. All right. Yeah. Yeah. So the uh, the uh, Warriors are now up by 23. Yeah. So this, we're we're this chucking. Dallas is, Dallas is falling apart here, man. We're just. Yeah. Right. We're just throwing shots up here. This is not good. This is this is silence in the room with me and my buddy who just thinking of all the shit Sad we time. talked. <laughs> yeah. That's. Yeah. Well, especially too, you have to compound that with the fact that they go to the finals, right? The last year they won the first two games, right? Yeah. Like they're they're there. It's like, well, they're gonna win the finals, man. And then Dwayne Wade's yeah. like, oh yeah, wait a minute, I'm a superstar, and now I get you know, right. Like, and now yeah. I'm like ascending before your very eyes. Oh boy, Matt Barnes just yeah, Matt Barnes yeah, throw down he, he lefty. Played a great game here. I I kind of forgot about Barnes being. Uh, Playing this well for this team, yeah, I know? love I love a lefty dunker too. Is there nothing better than like yeah. a lefty going down the lane and just uh, throwing it yeah. up? It's good stuff. That's it, yeah. yeah, that's good. It is good stuff, no question. But yeah, so so you you compound that with like that series going the way it went, then like the low of that, the high of hey six seven games. Okay, never mind. If Dirk's MVP, we're back. There's no there's no layover. They're ready to go. And then this, and it's just like oh, <laughs> like this is this is not good. This this can't go well. 
Yeah, absolutely. I was gonna look at the uh, I was gonna look at the number eight uh, versus number one upsets and try to contrast which of them was the number. I well, I off the top of my head, I know Nuggets Sonics, of course, in '94, and then I think what Knicks and um, who the hell did they beat in '99? Um, such a weird year. I don't know. <laughs> like, I feel like I know most NBA playoff matchups of all time because I'm a weirdo like that. But 1999, I don't think I know. Uh, that was that wasn't the Hawks, was it? It might have been the Hawks. Oh, I'm sorry. Uh, I'm sorry it was, if it, it is. The, <laughs> no, it was the Heat. They were oh, the Heat. The yeah, but every, every one of those yeah, teams yeah, yeah. was fake that year. That was a stupid year. <laughs> yeah. Um, wasn't there like a one game difference between the, the Heat and the Knicks that year or some stupid stuff like that? It's a stupid year. It, it was not that big of a difference. Yeah, uh, it was more than than one, but it was yeah, it was like five or six games. It was it was not a real um, obviously it was not indicative of uh, a normal year. So, um, yes. So we have uh, yeah. This was the third, the first of the seven games. Right, the Grizzlies over the Spurs in twenty eleven. That one everyone kind of forgets about. Um, oh that right, was just yeah, kind of, yeah, it does. Yeah. And that was just kind of like random, like you know the um, like Zebo just being a monster, right? Just out right, of nowhere. Yeah, that yeah, was just like, that was just kind of like a random match. There was no real good reason for that one. That was just just matchup kind of um, a series, and that um, was also the the first uh, series the Grizzlies ever won. Is that, that true? That was the first series in Oof. their um, franchise history. Oh wow. <laughs> I always and forget then, about that uh, one. Why do I always forget about that one? It's just kind of like, yeah. I guess because the Spurs just like, because then what? The next year they went to the finals and the year after they won that, right? Am I, do I have my timeline correct there? Uh, a couple of years after. A couple years, okay. Yeah, it was, yeah. And then t- 2012 was the uh, Sixers over Bulls when, when Rose got hurt. <sighs> I do remember that one too, yeah. <laughs> I have a lot of pain with these eight yeah. ones. Actually, these are stupid. Well, these are stupid. Yeah. yeah. Well, yeah, that one obviously, you know, the Rose injury it was the reason for that. Right, 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 so, right. Yeah. Oh, they yeah. still, they could have so, still won that. They. They I let mean, Doug yeah, Collins was, win for God's sakes. You know that is never a good idea. <laughs> like, yeah, that is a little weird, isn't it? Yeah, no, that that no, I'm not giving them credit for that one. They should have still won. Even All right, with the, fair enough. All right, you're you're uh, you're strict, but but fair, I would say. Doug Collins getting a first round win. Get out yeah. of here. Yeah. Well, you know, they, he got that team to play with like grit, hard, <laughs> right, all, yeah, all good stuff. You know, fired a year later. Right? It, they put some du- <laughs> they just put some dust on it. You know, and uh, yeah. you know, yeah. Um. Yes, and all the uh, the Mavs were I, the second team uh, at that point who had sixty five plus wins to not win a championship. The seventy three Celtics did that as well. Um, wait, didn't the Bucks do that in? Um, or did the Bucks not win quite that many? The the Lakers year in seventy two. Um, oh yeah, interesting. I don't know. Um, yeah, I wonder. That's. Luckily, we have a website yeah, that can good. tell us that. Yeah, I'm reading your notes, but I'm questioning. Yeah, uh, that, the, might, uh, that might be. I might be wrong, but yeah. Uh, oh, 63 wins is all they had. So okay. So you're right there. There it is. That, that was good. Yes, and then the uh, yeah, then I guess yeah, 2016 Spurs and 2018 Rockets um, also did not um, win a championship and had 65 or more wins, and um, and the Houston Rock the and the uh, the Mavs, however, are the only ones to lose in the first round. So, <laughs> right, yes, yeah, yeah. And uh, what's interesting to note too, um, 
I kind of touched on it a little bit, but uh, 2006 NBA Finals, of course, Miami and, and Dallas. Miami's going to lose, lose in the first round of this series. The Bulls are going to beat them, and the Mavericks are going to lose in the first round here. So both NBA Finals teams last year uh, eliminated in the first round, which is uh, yeah, first time that's happened since 1956. <laughs> so quite a while. <laughs> quite a while. That was the um, – and, and yeah, that was a pretty decent upset as well. I mean, there was a 4-5, and five, I think, so it wasn't like – tremendously shocking but um you the, the, it was a kind of a surprise at how quickly the uh heat kind of went from you know, obviously being the champions to being a team that you know was not even like super competitive like, right they, they were right. like a bad team like only like two or three years later exactly know? yeah i think so. that what, what was interesting about that one it's actually funny I, I guess i didn't think about that that this year i was like you know my my <laughs> number two team had just lost in like a crippling upset and then my number one team was like oh hey we like got a plucky upset hey like so it's kind of this weird thing but like you said in and, and it's that that series is famous because the Alonzo morning gif of him just kind of being like, huh? <sighs> yeah. <laughs> like that gift that everyone's oh, yeah. so, like, that's that series oh, where like he, no, I, I believe oh, that's the that opening game. Actually, that's the opening game of yeah, the, the yeah, right, right, yeah. right, right. That is right. that year. Never mind. Correction. Yeah. That is not that game. But yeah. regardless, that was like that, that series felt like that was it for that heat team. Like you said, they just felt old, like immediately. Right. Cause yeah, they were was, like, it was, Oh, <laughs> like, all of our old guys are really old <laughs> and like, yeah. Oh crap. <laughs> like a lots of mornings. <laughs> old like, and Shaq's old. Yeah. And all these guys are really old. And, we can't play these guys anymore. Like it was, it happened yeah. that quickly. They went from a finals to, you know, six months later being like, Oh, never mind. This yeah. is, this might not work. It's like, Oh yeah. Anton Walker's fat now. That's <laughs> right? uh, not good. Yes. So the, um, the Warriors are up 86, 63. They just scored the Mavericks, I believe 36 to 15 in the quarter. So yeah, this is pretty much the uh, sealing the deal here as we. Uh, uh, but yeah, I, I think that, um, uh, you know, obviously being an Oracle, you know, the incredible atmosphere. I mean, that obviously adds to the magic of the series in this game of the fact that they had, um, you know, the, the crowd seemed to, you know, will will them you know to even, an even greater height, you know, and, and led them to the series. At least, at least it felt that way for sure. Oh no, definitely. I mean, this is always that, that Oracle's always been sort of a, a home court advantage for the Warriors. I'm fascinated to see if that changes a lot. I mean, obviously, having a very good team is, is a good home court advantage too. But I've always felt that they always had a little bit of a, when, when their teams were good. Uh, it was so hard to play in that Oracle because it was just so loud. And I, having been there, it is the loudest arena that I've ever been to uh, as well because it's old school. It's you know made out of wood. It's small. Like you feel like you're just kind of compacted and and stuck in there. So I'm very very curious to see. Um, what uh you know how that sort of adapts to the new stadium obviously so we'll, we'll see we'll see how it goes so looking through some of the old episodes i, I want to go through some of we, we've had 239 episodes overall i guess this is gonna be 240 that we're uh, recording now so um and uh want to go through and see if uh we have any memories uh, particularly of any of the uh episodes that we did particularly the early ones um, so we already talked a little bit about Rick Barry that, that one's uh, not the strongest episode. Apparently I, I know we did a remix of that one, um, later on during the seventies, uh, uh, series that we'll talk about. Maybe that one's a, uh, that one at least cut some of the, um, the awkward parts out of that one. Uh, next one, we had, uh, Scotty Pippen episode. Um, again, I, I guess this was the, uh, 
we recorded a version of it first and then ended up um, releasing the Rick Barry one and then recording a new version of Scotty Pippen. I know we had uh, Nate Duncan on uh, this episode. This was before the dunk on a uh, basketball podcast before Nate was a household name in uh, basketball, although he was still obviously you knew him and he was uh, writing for basketball already. But uh, we, we got him before he was huge. Yeah, no, that that's uh, we were the ben Nate Duncan hipsters. So go us. Yeah, I think we only got go. him because like I knew that he was a Bulls fan and he liked Scottie Pippen. So I was like, oh, perfect. Like, there we go. So, yes. Yeah. Um, then we had uh, then who is Mr. Basketball for every NBA city? Our first concept episode. Yeah, there you go. Which, uh, was, was kind of a fun one. Yeah. And I think that was the one we'll where, where we realized, oh, cool. Like people like like these silly things that we do. And then I think we've kind of went, you know, not silly necessarily, but in like kind of weird topics that weren't just so sort of. You know, one player like a little, little, yeah, like you said, concept episode is probably the best way to put it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then we did we did Reggie Lewis, uh, his career, which was a good one. He was definitely like a guy that I enjoyed exploring. Who I like, you know, knew a little bit about, but did, hadn't like dove into that much. He got to watch some like footage of him and yeah. and, and stuff. That that was definitely well, was Seth part now on that episode. Uh, yes, so, that's right. Yeah, Seth so the box. Episode, thank yeah. you, Milwaukee Bucks and NBA. You know, intelligentsia. You, 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 you're welcome. You know, we we found Nate Duncan and Seth Part. Now we were the reason those guys became popular. So it's just you know. uh, sure. And we had we had Curtis Harris on the Rick Barry, and obviously so, the reason Curtis Harris became popular. It's, it's not right, like he right. hadn't been doing NBA history for you know a decade before you know we came along. Right. You know that that definitely did exactly. not happen. That's absolutely not how it happened whatsoever. Yeah. It was definitely us that started it, and and you know yeah. And, and this was the point where we we kind of were just having the guests on for like a short period of time during the episode. We didn't really – I don't know why we kind of did that way to start off with. We eventually, of course, when we had guests, generally we would have them on for the entire episode. But early on, we just kind of had like a small segment with the with the guest, um, which is fine. But I think it, it's better to kind of have them on for the entire – it just leads to a better conversation. Absolutely. Way into more things, you know, um, a better choice. Um Next was the history of NBA expansion teams. Um, and Curtis was on that one too um, for uh, just for a briefly there um, as well. I remember going through the expansion drafts and that was kind of enjoyable to see how that was handled out throughout the, uh, throughout the years. Um, I, I think uh, skipping ahead a little bit, uh, the 1999, the worst year for NBA jerseys. <laughs> that was, I, that was yeah, that, that was the, I think one of the ones that kind of got us some attention a little bit, kind of got um, a little bit of a focus on there. And I, I think our opinions still hold up for that one. Um, I would say I, uh, that's right. I forgot about how much you hated the Lakers jerseys. Um, All right. That was my, I think the hottest of the takes is that uh, I wasn't a fan of the the Lakers jerseys. Yeah, that was, that was a good one. And, and this was, I think now if we did that episode, I think people would even get more mad at us because like nineties nostalgia has obviously become so, you know, revered and like people like I was talking that, you know, the jazz were saying that they might bring like the mountains back for a few games this year. And I'm like, those suck. And everyone's like, no, they don't. They rule. And I'm like, oh man, don't listen to that episode. Cause like yeah. we bury the hell out of those guys. Thankfully the one that we agreed upon, nobody has any nostalgia for the weird Pistons jerseys of this era, which is, is good. The red, blue, green, yeah. fiery Mustang thing. Like nobody likes that at all. I, so it's, it's I, perfect. So I think John Williams might be the exception. Well, he, that, what, but, what does um, he know? He's, he knows nothing. Yeah. Either. <laughs> I know John um, so he's he's fine. No, he's right. He's a good, exactly. man, a very very good man. But uh, yes, he's wrong about that. Yes. That's a terrible opinion. So, uh, yeah, <laughs> I, I I think the the one that I the ones that I don't that 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 get my goat are like like the the, the Raptors and the Grizzlies ones, which I I think are mostly ugly. But like I I understand kind of the kitsch factor for that and the fact that like those weren't like ruining like you know 
existing designs that I think are classic where like the Pistons, the Sonics, the Rockets, all of those, like those were taking something that was really cool and really, exactly. you know, all, yeah, classic and were, and, and basically destroyed it. And, like the Rockets. Well, I mean, I think the most prominent where yeah. like, yeah, I, I, again, like I don't care that like the Grizzlies had ugly jerseys when they came in the league. Cause who cares? It's the Grizzlies. Like they didn't have any identity at that time and their identity was the nineties. So it's fine. Like, I think that's the same opinion we had at that time too. But yeah, the ones that anything that messed with like classic Jersey lineage is, is, is a no go for me. Yeah. The, uh, we did a death, death shrimp episode, which <laughs> course, was a, yeah. uh, yeah, that was a fun one. Did we have a guest on that one? I, um, Detlef himself. I no, that's a, I that's a see, joke. That's I not true. <laughs> I don't see a guest there. Um, and then we, uh, our first breaking news was, uh, Steve Nash's retirement. We did an episode on, um, his career. We had a bunch of guests for that one. Actually, we had, um, we had, uh, some podium game contributors, Brian Giverman and, uh, and Jordan White as well. I thought Jared Dubin was on that one too. I thought so too. Yeah, maybe that was so. a different one. Maybe, maybe we uh, maybe we forgot to include him in the show description. I'm, not sure <laughs> I'm sorry. I retroactively uh, apologize to Mr. Dubin. So. Yes. Um, let's see. At Kareem Abdul Jabbar in the 70s, which, which is really fun, but that's uh, that was like a two hour and two minute episode. <laughs> but uh, but honestly, like that one was probably worth the depth. That's like one of the few ones where I'm like, yeah, you know, we, we dove into it, but that actually like was worth the effort. Yeah, he deserves that because there was so much there. Yeah, because he's the greatest player exactly. of all time. And- Right. Without question. So. Yes. Uh, Jason Williams retrospective. That that was an hour and 55 minutes. <laughs> How did that we probably talk was a little bit too nearly long. Nearly as long. <laughs> <laughs> we talked like five minutes shorter. <laughs> yes. Yeah. How did we go we that have, long on white chocolate? <laughs> and, was, and we did have Jared on that one. So, okay. So um, maybe that's why. But oh, my yeah. God. I, looking at the run times, an hour and 22 minutes for Kareem in the 70s and an hour and 15. <laughs> Jason yeah. Williams. Yes, we had like two good years, right? And a lot of good YouTube highlights, though. I, I, I will. Yeah. Uh, I don't feel bad about that. I, I, I feel I don't feel bad at all about that. Yeah, <laughs> that's hilarious. Michael Ray, Michael Richardson. Oh. Um, uh, we had, um, um, yeah, we had, we had Robert Silverman on that for that one. That was a good one. Uh, History of Christmas games. That was a fun yeah. one. Yeah. Oh, that was always good to to go through. Yeah, those. we watched a few of those games and uh, and did some reviews on um on those. Um, let's see. Let's see. Yeah, our fir- skipping down a little bit. Um, our first series was the uh, the game sevens we did. Mm-hmm. That, that was that was that. Those were fun. Those were um interesting to kind of like rank and analyze and 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 dig through. That was kind of our first like I, I guess project. You know, you would say. Like, gosh, we got like uh one, two, three, f- five. We got like. 12 episodes out of that, 11, 12 episodes out of that. Yeah, we so. started with early round game sevens, best conference finals game sevens, and then like, yeah, a bunch of episodes on the uh, the finals game sevens. On the finals, so, yeah, yeah it was, we, it was we dove in all of them. So yeah, that was that was a good one. So yeah, I guess we've had one game seven in the finals since then because we had, um, because of, of course we had uh, Cavs. Um, yeah, Cavs Warriors, yeah, in, right, right. Yeah, in 2016, yeah, yeah. So one finals game seven. We, we'll have to... We'll have, to, we'll have to maybe revisit that. See, look at like some of the more recent game seven since 2015 to see if any, um, you know, would kind of fall in this category. Or maybe dig into a few of the early ones more in depth because that that might be. A fun yeah, that would be fun. Again. Yeah. And you're right. That is a kind of our first series. And that's sort of the thing I think that we're maybe most known for these days is kind of diving into a certain series and kind of going deep into that. Like people have favorite like individual episodes. Uh, but a lot of times from what I hear people is and especially the series that's coming up in a sec. I think this is the series that really put us on the map is the, the 50 greatest players. 
Yeah, right. Yeah. I, and I think that was kind of fun to um, like, I think we had a really good plan to kind of dive into that. Like we, we went through and we, we, we spent a lot of time like finding the right players to look at and to kind of, you know, find some good criteria to evaluate guys. And we did a bunch of episodes just like looking at how good the list was in 96 and, you know, just what criteria we use and guys who were snubbed. And we had a lot of great guests, but we had, we had Curtis on there um, for a couple of those episodes. And for each of those, uh, or for most of those individual player episodes, we had some good guests too. A lot of guys who were like in the Haru Proxism family. And Yeah, um, I, I think Kirk Henderson you know, we had, Mavs Moneyball for the Dirk episode. Uh, if I remember correctly, that was a lot of fun to talk to him yeah. uh, about that. Perfect guy to talk to Dirk about. Um, yeah, yeah. Yeah, we had we had Adam Johnson on for the first time for that, and we had uh, we had Chris Barnwell on for Dwight Howard, and we had um, we had Jared Dubin on again. You know, like a bunch of really good guests. I think we I think we had Nate Duncan on again for the um, mm-hmm. for the Wade episode. Yeah, I think Ian uh, Ian Levy uh, did. Uh, I think the Reggie Miller episode. I want to say, Mister Mister Indiana yeah, basketball. There, yeah, so. right. Exactly. Yeah. So we really had. Um, yeah, I mean that was obviously a good thing about being part of the, um, you know, of the Haruf Proxim family and eventually evolving into the Setback family is that that gave us access to some really good guests and and really, um, you know, got us a chance to get you know to to be part of the community maybe even faster than we would have been had we not had those connections. Right. So, mm-hmm. yeah. So, I think my favorite episode. I'm looking through our old episodes. I do like a very Kobe Christmas, mostly because you and I got very drunk during it. So that's right. For people that yes. don't know about the very Kobe Christmas, that was uh, December uh, 21st of uh, what three years ago. So yeah, 2015. Uh, so we decided yeah. to watch a 61 point game that he had against the Knicks, uh, and then drink every time that he took a shot. And uh, he took a lot of shots in that game. So uh, yeah, that was that was a fun one of us running to the bathroom and like running to get new beers because I, I think I laid yes. out like three beers and I had gone through those after like the second quarter. And I'm like, oh. No, this is oh, this no. is a good. Yes. This is not not good. Yeah. So uh, that was fun. It's kind of yeah. fun to. It's kind of a loose year where or a loose uh, 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 show where we're just kind of jacking around and, and, and messing around and, and having fun with that. So yes, no, yeah, that was fun. Yeah, today I was smart. I, I I have a cooler here, so I have my drinks in my cooler. So I was I'm able to. I don't have to oh, get up. You know, I can just get up out of the cooler. Yeah, yeah, that, that was good. So, um. Yeah. Oh, yeah. We the, our jersey valuations, of course, the best and worst for each team. You know, th- those were some those were some good ones. Yeah, we, we started getting a little topical, which I think was was good for us to do. Like um, talking about topic that was going on in the time, like the best starts in NBA history. Of course, when the Warriors had um, you know their great start in 2015, 2016 season, um, and um, you know we we started doing that. You know, with like. Um, this was later, but of course the uh, you know the triple doubles that Westbrook and um, and Harden were doing stuff like that, um, and um, and then yeah the the Bill Russell series I think is another highlight of the show that we did. I, I really enjoyed because that one we did a lot of reading for, yeah. particularly you know, and, and there's several books of course that he wrote and books on his career and on the Celtics at that time, and I, I that one we really did I think. Some really good research. I got some really good guests on there. You know, we got um, Iago Collis and um, Sean Fury and, um, you know, a, a bunch of guys who were, you know, who wrote books on him or, you know, were talking about them and and dove into really all the rivalries and all the playoff series. I mean, that we really did a good job of, you know, being exhaustive and, and really, like, just pretty much every kind of facet you could get, I think we really, you know, did a good job of, of diving into that. that. That was a fun one for sure. 
It's a lot of good episodes. Look at this. Yeah, yeah. The good thing is you can, oh, yeah, you can best... listen back to most of these and they're still relevant. That's a, that's a good thing. Yeah. It, it never gets old. Right. So. Yeah, I mean, I, I would say 95% of our episodes are pretty evergreen. You know, you're not, you know, obviously there's going to be a few things that are um, outdated, but I think for the most part, we're really going to be, um, you know, there in the, um, I, I forget, I, I know one of the, um, one of our friends, I forget who it was um, in particular, uh, mentioned that, you know, one of the things that, that he enjoys about it is that you can go and um, you can go back and kind of get like a snapshot of what was happening in basketball and in 2015 or 2016 or whatever and and, and kind of see, you know, um, and, and get some impression of that, which is always kind of interesting to listen to in retrospect. So. Right. Yeah. Like we're, we're talking yeah. five years ago about, you know, tanking is not new in the NBA. Like this has been going on for a while. Right. And it's like, yeah, it'd be fascinating yeah. to see now, you know, how our perspectives may have changed or how it, how it sounds at that time uh, uh, doing that. But yeah, that, 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 yeah, that, that makes, that would be a lot of fun to kind of go back and, and maybe check out a few of those. I know we did a, uh, uh, you know, our basketball mysteries of the seventies too, which I had a ton of fun with. Those were kind of shorter compact episodes oh, yeah. about, you know, just one topic in the seventies. They were hyper focused, but I, I really think that's an awesome series too. If people want to go back and, and, and watch, I think we were, we were definitely hitting our stride there. Like I think at the right time and it's just a super good topic that a lot of people don't know about. I mean, I remember, I don't think I learned anything more than, than I did in that little period. You know, going back and, and, and reading about the 70s, you know, listening to different, you know, listen, listening to books, reading books, you know, just kind of researching the 70s era. And I know I heard from a lot of people still to this day that are like, hey, I learned so much from that series that, that I never knew about the 70s because it's just an under, you know, covered, underreported, under, you know, discussed period in uh, basketball history. Yeah, I, I'm trying to count the number of episodes that we did for that. I mean, we did... Yeah, we did. Like it keeps going. Episodes. Yeah, I'm scrolling. And then, yeah. and I'm like, oh god, <laughs> like there's a there's a yeah. few that break it up a little bit, but yeah, right. it is right. It is a lot. <laughs> yeah, right. Yeah, that that one. I I think I was a little too ambitious for for that one, but um, but it was fun. I mean, that was, and we got some really good guests for that one too. I mean, um, you know, Curtis, of course, Adam Cribbley. I know. I, I think his first episodes were around that time where I've been a little bit for and um, and Rain is, you know, we, we got again. So a lot of good guys, you know, uh, we, we, we had Bob Ryan did one of the episodes right. for oh, that yeah. one. And our first former player, of course, um, was uh, was on there, you know, Bob Nidalicki as well. So um, so that was definitely a accomplishment for the show. The fact that we were able to. Um, you know, get him. And then, you know, later we, of course, we were able to get uh, Julie Serving and Bernard King and um, George Carl, you know, some people who, you know, actually played or and or coached in the um, NBA. I, I think that's, you know, that, that's a nice thing for the show to be able to do that or to be able to get authors or journalists or, you know, guys like that to be able to talk to. Those, those are a lot of fun, too. Oh, yes. And a very Jordan Christmas. Um, the uh, the. <laughs> Yeah, that that was the first one we did with uh, with Rainus and, uh, and and Curtis. Oh right, yes, yeah. Now, yeah. Followed by so, the Space Jam spectacular the next year. <laughs> yes, yes. So, um, oh, we've we've done three, I believe. So, what was the other? We we did Space Jam. We did um, we did eighty six Celtics. What was it? What was the? Oh, we we did. Um, that's right. We did um, uh, Sixers um, Celtics eighty. Oh right, yeah, yeah, yeah. There we go. Yeah, yeah. That was that was the latest one. So. Yeah, I guess we'll have to decide what we're going to be doing uh, this year. Maybe our listeners can um, can weigh in what they would like the 2019 holiday special to yeah, be. Yeah, yeah, always. You know, so we prefer if a you game, a, you know, Christmas Day game if possible. Uh, whatever's up there that you can find, but it doesn't it doesn't need to be. But it, it you know, it's it's yeah something that will be interesting and fun. Like not a just a hey, here's this like 
you know, Bobcats, you know, Mavericks game. That was a lot of fun. Right. Like, no, no, no. Like something that's <laughs> right. That's really like right. interesting and fun. But it also yeah. has to be a full game on YouTube too. So that, that always right. Happens. Yes. So honestly, one that would be completely random that I would enjoy is one of the, my favorite memories of any regular season game of watching. I it was I think it was 06. It was around. It, it was after Christmas, but it was between Christmas and New Year's, I believe. It was a. Um, it was a random Pistons Knicks game where it went to like triple overtime. Oh yeah, 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 and, yeah. Uh, I know that game. It's really yeah, bizarre. <laughs> yes, yeah. Like Jamal Crawford goes nuts. We it probably has to be a great Jamal Crawford game. We really need to, you know. I mean, obviously we celebrate Jamal Crawford and he he's he's one of our you know our treasures in NBA history. But we've never really like actually picked a Jamal Crawford game. So that would that might be a good one, or maybe we'll find one of the fifty point games that he did. Um, we got a lot to choose from, so. You know, we'll have to see if any of those are fully on YouTube so we can really appreciate the, you know, the the fullness of Jamal Crawford. Yeah, that'd be awesome. But yeah, again, any any suggestions that you have for this year's uh, uh, Christmas holiday episode, let us know. We'll, uh, we're down. Yes. Yes. So we're down to three minutes left in this uh, in this series. The uh, Warriors are up 104 to 80. Don Nelson looking, uh, he looks kind of disinterested here, but I'm sure he's very <laughs> yes. excited about what's he's going very, on. He's very, very high. That's, you can't, you know. It's right. right. Well, yeah. <laughs> yeah. And Petrus is uh, at the line. Devin Harris behind him. Yeah, those Warriors jerseys, um, Oof. not good. No, and we actually know. had a question about that. Crumble Jumper, uh, who does oh, yeah. incredible work, by the way, at Crumble Jumper, if you want yeah. to follow uh, them on Twitter. He yeah. uh, says, I'd like to know more about Thunder. I know he doesn't mean that Thunder, the Oklahoma City Thunder. He means the horrendous Warriors <laughs> mascot at this time, Thunder, who I don't think we've seen yet. Maybe they, they shot him out back before uh, this game. But do you remember Thunder? He was... Uh, He's made of lightning. Um, <laughs> it's bizarre. Yeah, I I mean I've I've seen Thunder. I I can't say that I've ever really, you know, managed to f- come up with a, a strong opinion about Thunder. Um I mean, he's definitely ugly. He's definitely, you know, personifies the time pretty well of ugly mascots and ugly colors and you know, I'm glad for the most part I think aesthetically the NBA is stronger now than it was in 2007. Certainly it was even worse in the early 2000s. At least most of the uniforms at this point I think were better the Mavericks have, have nice ones so um there's Baron oh but why were the Warriors all lightning and right. thunder like I don't get it I <laughs> like nobody ever explained I, why they just I don't I don't know overnight became like yeah the lightning gods like what like why is yeah, there so much lightning I well they're you know the Warriors they they <laughs> why is there they lightning have war. they use lightning and thunder for their war you know I I <laughs> I think people mostly use gun and weapons for what that's a bad war if you're like yeah right well it's gonna well, rain well, on you maybe, guys <laughs> that's gonna well I mean guns don't you know are maybe a little bit too literal when it comes to you know, you need to have like with the ancient warriors what, what the gods you know had war with as opposed to what you know modern people are i think this is way more thought than the warriors put into their rebrand well maybe well yeah it's possible baron just we, got the send off by the way this is that's how much of a yeah. blowout this is that we're doing the yeah we're doing the yeah. you know senior year final you know taking yeah right like baron davis is retiring yeah. after this game we're doing those yeah. sort of things so so do you think the Warriors – so let's say the Rockets win game seven. Um, I wonder if the Warriors beat the Rockets um, and get you the uh, conference finals. I think finals. they could. Yeah, I think they definitely could have that team. Yeah. Because uh, the Jazz – like we said, the Jazz were really good at the time. And so that that's a yeah. you know, really deep, really young team. Kind of meshed up well with the Warriors too with, with you know Boozer being what he was able to do and, and AK-47 being yeah. able to – so yeah, I, if it's the Rockets, I could definitely see that. But then also you're, 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 you could also possibly get Tracy McGrady just going out absolutely nuts and Yao just doing – but yeah, right. I – right. I think the Warriors would have done, been some trouble for those guys, for that Rockets team. Yeah, I think so. Yeah, I don't think there's any chance they would have beaten the uh, Spurs, but um, 
not not prime Tim, Tim Duncan, the Spurs humming on all cylinders Spurs. But yeah, I, I do think at this point uh, they would have been good. So. So this is a question that, that's kind of interesting, too, as we're kind of winding down here. Uh, Maxwell RBR uh, on Twitter asks, I'd love to hear analysis on Warriors players on that team that you would like in the modern NBA. Uh, who could adapt? Who was born in the wrong era? And who would suck? Yeah, that's a good question. So Beadrins is done. Beadrins is not playing in the NBA. <laughs> like, yeah, that's that's done. No, not, I mean, not if not if he can't shoot free throw. I mean, Beaters at this point might have been okay. I mean, you know, he, he's athletic enough. You know, he can block shots. He can, um, like, he can run to the rim. Like, I, I, I could see him. You know, like carving out something. I assume you know if he wasn't like, if he's if he's making like fifty five percent of his free throws, he's fine. You know, yeah, I think he could survive in the modern NBA. But yeah, obviously, yeah. Um, not being able to shoot at all is uh, a disadvantage, but I think he he could do enough else where he would still be surviving. Yeah, I don't know. I think all these guys probably would be fine. Might even be a little better in the uh, modern. That's, I, mean, I think. Steve, yeah, honestly, Stephen Jackson would be interesting. Yeah, yeah. Honestly, my my answer was going to be like almost everybody. Like I think like you know obviously maybe not Monta Ellis. Because he would have to have had, like adapted his game a little bit, but he's so young and like he's just kind of whatever on this team. Baron Davis, I think, fine. I think Baron Davis easily could could fit into today's NBA. Maybe even better, like you said, with a more open court, more you know point guard heavy. You know, I, I think he could drive and did like I think he'd be fine. Yeah. I have no issue with Baron Davis. Yeah. I mean, obviously Stephen Jackson, you right. could throw him on almost any era. I think Stephen Jackson's yeah, gonna he- be fine. Um, Al Harrington probably better in this era than he was then, but he was still really good then too. Like, but he's a guy that I think probably. Put him in today's NBA, and I don't think he misses a beat if he's, you know, the age he is. You know, not, obviously, yeah, current Al Harrington, no, you can't put him in the NBA because he's too old. But 26-year-old Al right. Harrington, I mean, he's, you know, a, a power forward that's shooting threes. You know, he's, he's ready to go. Yeah, he, he probably would have been better in, in the current era than he was in this era. He, he kind of was sort of a guy who yeah, wasn't quite big enough to be a power forward at the time. But I think now would, would be fine in that, obviously. So and later on in his career, you know, he had some pretty good years mm-hmm. with – um you know, with the Warriors and uh, where was he later in his career? I'm, I'm blanking on that. Now. Oh, um, Al Harrington. Let me see. I was just at his page. Let me see. Do you, do you play for Denver? He did he, he did a Denver. Denver. He did a Denver run. He did a Knicks run and then he did Washington and Orlando. But uh, the biggest one was those two Denver runs uh, when they had some pretty fun years and that uh, pretty good Knicks yeah, year, I think, too, as right. well. So. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, those. Um, yeah, he was all right in the Knicks and was and was good on those Denver teams before he kind of fell off after age 31, you know, so. Yeah, and I think yeah. Michael Pietras is a guy. I mean, again, six six, like long defender, right. <laughs> pretty good shooter. Like yeah. he's fi- that's why this team is so fun because it's like every one of those guys. I think yeah, with the exception maybe of like a Monta Ellis, who we saw you know sort of get out of the NBA because of the way he played. Like everybody else, I think you could plop into the today, and I think most of them would be fine. Like uh, Matt Barnes, obviously fine. You know, he yeah. still was a productive player up until a few years ago. So yeah, it's it's interesting. Yeah, no, I, I I agree. I think I think overall, I think this team would age well. I think for the most part, I I, I think that they would all have versatile skills. Well, we got a ball game here. Fun. Mavericks just hit a shot. Yeah, Mavericks hit a three. Foul. Oh, why are they not fouling? Come on. Yeah. The clock's yeah. not even functioning right. They're, yeah. Yeah. It's over. Unbelievable. That's it. That's it. Unbelievable. We get uh, Del Harris and oh yeah, Del Harris uh, r- who replaced Don Nelson in um, Milwaukee. Oh, hug, I think you know? Mark Cuban just told the cameraman to piss off. <laughs> yeah, he's not happy. So not, not happy. No. <laughs> well, he, he he looks like a douche. Yeah, so, he's, um, yeah. The, the goatee is terrible. Know. That's a terrible look for uh, yeah. Mark Cuban. So. Yeah, the outfit, the whole thing. Well, I mean, Mark Cuban always looks pretty much that way. So you know, <laughs> yes. 
Uh, all right, so a few other questions here. Uh, Pro Hoops history, right. obviously Curtis Harris. Uh, Idris Beatrice, discuss. I think we've done a pretty decent amount of uh, Beatrice discussions, but uh, do you have anything else to say about uh, old Andres? Um, he was fun in, in, in uh, NBA Live, like uh, <laughs> 07 or 06 or whatever. Or Yeah, uh, he, he was enjoyable in that. He blocked a lot of shots. You know, um, Yeah, the, the video game was better than real life, but that's all right. But like I said, he he was a better player than I think people give him credit for. It's just because he he fell off a cliff like dramatically, and was obviously right. a part of like the pre good Warriors. But he was a good player. He was a productive player for for quite a few years. He, so. Yeah, he could have been. Yeah, I mean, I think the potential was there for maybe even greater things. But what he he gave at least for a while wasn't too bad. Uh, Ryan Dempsey, we we talked about him a little bit earlier. We'll go back to him here. He says, uh, "What has been a topic or series you had the most fun researching or covering?" Ooh. We talked about that a little uh, bit, but yeah, do you have anyone that really sticks out in your mind? Um, I mean, the 70s was a lot of fun. Um, I, I I enjoyed the 50-point games that we did recently. Mm-hmm. That, that was pretty fun. Um, the, um, the 20 years ago was fun, but that was so much work that uh, that ended up just kind of um, being so much work that it was just kind of hard to sustain, which is why we don't do it anymore. Um, but that was enjoyable as well. How about you? Yeah, for me, I think the, the basketball mysteries of the seventies, uh, definitely, uh, of course, Jason Williams, the career, NBA career of white. I'm not joking about that. One, but, right. Um, no, definitely. Yeah. I definitely, I think the 50 greatest, because that was such an exhaustive thing of kind of like going and looking at these guys. And then sort sort of the thing too, is we had to kind of rank them. And, and I have trouble with that. I don't like like ranking guys. I don't like sort of saying this guy's good and that guy's bad. And that guy's like, like, I think everybody has their own, you know, sort of reasons for, for being, you know, like, I, I just hate that. I hate being like, ah, kick this guy out. He's not a top 50 player. Like, I'm like, everybody could be the top 50. Right. <laughs> like, you know, whatever your top 50 is, is fine. Like, who cares? Like, you can make an argument for everybody. So I, I liked having to kind of get down and dirty on that and go, okay, no, this guy is. That guy is not. And it was a fun way to sort of look at, you know, the 50 guys that were in there, you know, keep the, the, the ones that we thought definitively were the top 50 and then sort of argue about the next 20 of like, okay, look, there's this like, Blo- you know, blob of guys like who's in, who's out, and stuff. So it was kind of fun to do that. Uh, so I'd say that one and the basketball mysteries of the seventies were probably my two favorite ones. Uh, with the basketball mysteries of the seventies being number one, because that's just yeah, it was like I had never learned. So I, I mean, I learned so much during that series that yeah, it, it it just sticks out to me. Yeah, yeah, no, I I, I would agree. Um, I, yeah, I I think that uh, you know it might be interesting to, to revisit the top fifty briefly to look at our picks and. You know, and and kind of weigh in on what you know, do a little bit of research and weigh in on on because obviously it's been four years since then. There's some guy, active guys who have made their case for top fifty, and there's also um, you know, re- revisit maybe you know some of the guys that we were looking at, at the time, maybe you know some different opinions on uh, on some of those guys that have changed over the past four years. So that might that be, might be a fun. Uh, episode or two to uh look at uh coming up yeah that'd be fun because i don't think i'm looking through i don't know do we even do like a? I don't think we did like a i don't think we did a harden episode i mean he's obviously a guy that's probably made himself into the mix oh yeah you know obviously the, the kevin durant episode would be way different the steph curry episode would be way different like that's what's cool yeah. about this podcast is we've done it for so long that like oh man like that nba is like you know yeah in the last four years there's like a handful of dudes that have probably put themselves in that discussion which is cool that's that's that makes it kind of fun that we've done it as long as that is that we can kind of revisit something and probably have a different take yeah. on it. So that's cool. Yeah, absolutely. So any other questions before we uh, wrap it up? I think that is it now. I'm trying to see if any other ones here. You mentioned where the, the greatest teams in history. 
I just be just thunder, and I think that is it. Yeah, I think that's all. I, this one's kind of interesting. So this this is it's Samuel Fleming again, who we talked about. Uh, he's at Nashman ninety two. Uh, this is not the. We're not going to talk about this today, but it's actually a good idea for a future podcast. But I'd, I'd maybe like to jump into. Uh, he says, "I have another podcast idea for you. Instead of being completely locked into the NBA playoff bracket, how would the playoffs have looked if the lowest remaining seed played the highest remaining seed in the conference semifinals uh, in two thousand seven? Golden State Warriors would have played Phoenix, while Utah would have went to San Antonio." to play instead so that's going to take a lot of research to kind of go through but that's a cool idea yeah. to think of how maybe things could have changed so a lot of hypotheticals yeah. with that scenario obviously but um that, that'd be kind of interesting right. to look at. yeah i know we talked about because there were some weird seating rules particularly in the 70s um you know when you had to go with uh you know like two guys from each two teams from each division for a while and 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 some and you know it, it was really up until the mid to late 2000s where we had kind of had the modern ones where the division winners didn't really matter that much um, I know we, I think we, one of our, um, list ideas list is something similar to this, where we looking like how the playoffs would change with modern seating rules. So that one might be a fun one. Yeah, I could, I could dig that. And that's it for our questions, I think. So that's, that's good stuff. A lot of, uh, a lot of heavy hitters, a lot of past guests, past listeners or, or, or not past listeners, but, uh, some of our best listeners. So that's cool. That's, uh, yeah, cool. Well, we appreciate everyone who's been, um, you know, been listening to us for, uh, for five years or, or so. And, uh, you know, who's always appreciate people who, um, you know, uh, tweet us at over and back NBA or follow us on uh, Facebook at over and back NBA. Um, you know, always appreciate feedback from everyone, you know, um, uh, you know, gentle critiques or, uh, praise or questions. All those things are good. Uh, if you are into our show and want to uh, help us out, get more listeners, you could leave a rating and review on um, iTunes or Stitcher or wherever you listen to your podcast. And um, yeah, you can find us at the uh, Step Back where we've been we've been going strong for a few years. It's a great uh, NBA website that you should definitely should uh, check out. So uh, until next time, Rich, uh, thanks everyone for listening. We're back again soon. This is the story of the one. As a maintenance engineer, he hears things differently. To the untrained ear, everything on his shop floor might sound fine, but he can hear gears grinding or a belt slipping. So he steps in to fix the problem at hand before it gets out of hand. And he knows Granger's got the right product he needs to get the job done, which is music to his ears. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.